0: Nobody puts baby in a corner. You talking to me? You talking to me?
1: To a new world of gods and monsters. (laughs)
0: This is God.
1: Who told you I was hot today?
0: Uh, Excuse me, miss. Do you think it might be possible to turn that music down so maybe a couple of the boys could talk? Your hand is staining my window.
1: You just put the law on my hands. I'm going to break your heart with
0: it. What kind of beer? Now that I've met you, would you object to never seeing me again? What? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria! Enough! If I get the point! Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle Egan,
0: And I... I'm here with... Oh, and... I, no, no, like that, no. that nice. was I was like going to do something new. Uh. And I totally fumbled it. So... I'm Brian Kuiper. Just go with it. So we're just going to go with that.
1: <laughs> All right. So we have another super fun show today.
0: This, this is a super fun one. Um, we went a little more serious last week. So we're kind of going in the other direction this week and kind of um, yeah. being really just having a good time. We're doing a creature feature episode.
1: Creature features. One of my favorite subgenres ever. I love all of them. Me too. And you introduced me to a new one, like a whole freaking franchise (laughs) that I had never even seen before. I
0: introduced you to the granddaddy of all creature features in a way. I mean, I suppose King Kong is probably the actual granddaddy, but my pick for this week is uh, the original 1954 Godzilla, known as Gojira. The Japanese cut, though, because I heard
1: a lot about the... America this suppose American version and we can <laughs>
0: when I was watching and we this. can talk a little bit about that as well <laughs> um, I, I I threw it on um, after I watched rewatched the, the uh, Japanese version and I have a few thoughts but i mean,
1: yeah
0: yeah
1: okay <laughs> I'm okay not watching it because I really liked this one
0: it's a pretty great movie isn't it <laughs> but before we before oh, we is. dive into talking about Godzilla full on let's uh, hear your pick this week.
1: My pick is the greatest movie of all time, like I said before, 1990s, (laughs) Tremors.
0: Yeah, forget about Citizen Kane. Uh, Forget about about Pulp Fiction behind you there on your poster on the wall. Forget about Dirty Dancing, even. Tremors Tremors is the greatest movie of all time. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here. Okay, um... And I gotta say, we'll for to me, that later. Tremors. This was my first watch of Tremors. Yes, I am forty-two years old, and I have never seen Tremors until now. I finally got you to watch it. And the thing is, a few weeks ago, I uh, before we even decided to do this episode, I bought a little set that had the first four Tremors movies in it, and um, the attack pack, the attack pack. And I finally got to watch. No, well, got to break that open and and uh, give. At least the first one to watch. I haven't had a chance to watch uh, any of the sequels yet. But, you know, hey, uh, after this viewing, I'm definitely going to be checking some of those out.
1: And you gifted me my very own copy of Godzilla That's... for this episode. Thank you so much for that, because I love it. And, yeah, I really I really enjoyed this movie. I'm excited to talk yeah. about it. Well, Because it was a lot different than what I was expecting uh... from what I know my very very limited knowledge of, of Godzilla. Yeah.
0: I think I think that's one of the things that people will be really surprised about if they've never seen this version of Godzilla. And I saw the I can't, the, okay, so the first one I saw ever was King Kong versus Godzilla, which is it's just sort of bonkers fun. It's it's a weird movie. It's kind of hilarious. And I only saw the American cut of that. Recently, I saw the Japanese cut of that. It's actually much more serious than people might expect. But um, before I saw Gojira, you know, which is what the Japanese title is, if there are any Japanese speakers out there, um, please forgive me, uh, because I'm sure that I'm going to completely butcher uh, some of the names uh, today, names, so yeah.
1: I'm gonna try. yeah. So,
0: but I'm gonna do my best. Um, but I saw Godzilla King of the Monsters first, which is the American recut of the mm-hmm. film um, with Raymond Burr. Uh, oh, wait a minute! I just it just dawned on me. The actually the first Godzilla movie I ever saw was actually Godzilla 1985, which also starred Raymond Burr, and it was an American recut of the Japanese version of Godzilla returns, which was sort of the, the 1980s era of uh, the return of Godzilla because the original run of Godzilla movies was in the fifties uh, and sixties. And then they took a break, came back in the eighties. They took a break, came back in the two thousands, they took a break. And now we have uh, Shin Godzilla and some other stuff. I mean, Godzilla never dies. It just goes on and on
1: and I need on. a nap. Wow. Yeah, okay. That's a lot of information. That's a lot of information <laughs> to throw your way. Do you have
0: any idea what kind of can of worms you have opened by watching <laughs> your first Godzilla movie? I, I'm afraid no, you have okay. no well, idea. I knew there were a lot of
1: them, but <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll see how, far, how much further I go in this in this. Journey. Well,
0: uh, yeah. I, <laughs> we could talk about the sequels uh, a little bit uh a little bit later. I
1: really want to see Shin Godzilla, though. I've heard that's
0: super Shin Godzilla good. is really good. I I like that okay. one a lot.
1: I think I would like that one.
0: Yeah, it's 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 different. It's sort of a, a new take on on it all, and it's pretty clever and it's it's cool movie. It's a cool movie. I like that one a lot. So anyway, uh, how about we just jump into the movie itself sure. a little bit? Gojira or Godzilla and either and as it turns out either pronunciation is acceptable even so so the you know don't get too too hung up on whether you say it Godzilla or Gojira okay so um, but this was uh, directed by Ishiro Honda and who went on to direct a whole bunch of these King Kong versus Godzilla and Mothra and Rodan and all sorts of things uh, so, giant—if giant Japanese monsters are your thing, uh, the kaiju, then Ishiro Honda is your guy. <laughs> okay.
1: They might be now. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm in for Godzilla. All now.
0: right, this makes me so happy. <laughs> you have no idea. You know, it feels really good. You know, it feels really good to recommend a movie to someone and have them really like it. I always love. Yeah, that. it's the greatest thing. It's a great feeling. And that's one of the cool things that it, that has happened with this um, with this podcast. Every single
1: time, right? Yeah,
0: there's been um, there have been a few where we've seen both of them, but most of them, one of us or both of us hasn't seen the other person's pick, and that, that's been great to be able to uh, have the opportunity to be introduced to something and really love it
1: and they'll love it and find a new favorite. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, everything kind of starts out with. I, what I was going to. Yeah, so I think people would be. If you're familiar with just the later Godzilla stuff, I think a lot of people. Or with the American recut. Or even just the, the super new ones uh, that have come out, you know, I, with Brian Cranston and stuff like that. Um, the, the recent ones from. Two- the
1: trailer for that new one looks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: excited for that. S- the King Kong and
0: Godzilla. Whatever what's it called again? Uh I think it's Godzilla vs. Kong. Uh, yeah, I think it's Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, but I I, I and I never awesome. I never can remember which which way they put it in the, in that title for some reason. Those new ones, I, I enjoy them, and we're we're what we're recording this about a week and a half or so after the trailer dropped <laughs> for Godzilla vs. Kong, yeah. and it was just like everybody going whoa (laughs) this looks amazing so it it looks really cool and i'm i'm super excited i actually after watching the trailer it was a matter of okay signed up i'm signed up for hbo max now i ended my subscription to another streaming service and i switched over to which is sad but (laughs) i switched over to hbo max because Frankly, a lot of what was on that other service was also on HBO Max. So I just said, okay, I'm just going to just gonna do it. <laughs> um, so anyway, but I think a lot of people would be surprised at how serious this version of the movie is. That it's dealing with some really heavy stuff.
1: Can we just talk about the credits oh. first? I love the opening credits. Go for it. Just when you can hear godzilla noises over the opening. i was like yes that's so perfect and that music was so the awesome. music
0: is amazing at fuku bay is his last name um yeah so it's uh i'm sorry my my apologies but yeah
1: i love just like knowing i was watching a godzilla movie and then like those credits start and you can hear the, the roars and the Footsteps or whatever. Oh, I thought that was such a cool way to open it. Yeah,
0: it's it's really, really wonderful. Yeah, it, it, wonderful. It is, a, yeah, it, that's right. It is Akira, Akira Ifukube is the composer of this movie. And frankly, awesome. his music is, he's really one of those composers that, because he's Japanese, his name is not as familiar in the West, but he's he's mm-hmm. top echelon film composers in my opinion as great for what he did as bernard herman for what he did in my opinion he's that good to me um nice. and i think some of some and the music is is interesting you know that main godzilla theme is you know it's in a it's in a weird meter you know it's kind of like the halloween theme you know in, in that it's not typical and i i just love it it you know it leaves you, it music. leaves you a little bit off kilter, but it's really catchy still, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things yeah. I like about it. So I'm not going to get too in the weeds with with the musical score uh, because because I could just <laughs> I can feel my brain just kinda I goes can Feel everyone's eyes glazing over if I get too uh, <laughs> if I get too complex with the music. So uh, I, I won't go there. But if you're into music, though, if you're into soundtracks. I, I think uh, Akira Fukubei is one of those people that you should really look into. I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, but I do love that, that just that sound from the very beginning. And and it's funny, you know, watching this, I, I realized something that I hadn't thought about before. It's sort of structured in a sense. Actually, both of these movies are. They're structured a little bit like Jaws. It's, it's about the characters. You get a lot of time with the people. Yeah. And then you get a little bit of time with the monster, and then the monster goes away for a while, and you're spending more time yeah. with the people, and then the monster comes back. You know, it's that sort of thing. That eventually you hunt down the monster. Sure. I, I loved that about this, and that it had, and it even Godzilla even has that sense where you just don't see him that much until later in the movie, yeah. getting those gl- you see like
1: little pieces yeah. of him, and before you see the full Godzilla. Yeah, yeah.
0: that that great uh, just. The glimpse, the glimpse of oh, hill, or
1: when he's in the water.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the first thing we see is actually based on a on a true event. Uh, a little bit. There was a uh, the oh, yeah, ship. Yeah. Did you hear about this? So there, there's yeah. a that there was a there was a ship. Lucky Seven or something. The, the Lucky Dragon. Yes. The Lucky Dragon. So you you listen to this? Okay. So um, this is a little bit on the commentary that's on the Criterion disc. Uh, the Lucky Dragon was a a fishing boat uh, that got caught on the edge of some of the uh, H-bomb tests that were happening in the mm. Pacific. One of the uh, fishermen, one of the people on this boat, you know, died of radiation poisoning um, after the fact. So seeing this was like, this isn't just science fiction, it's not even fiction, you know, Uh, To some extent, because the opening is very much like a nuclear attack, like something is happening on that sense. And that is sort of that's the specter of this whole movie is is Hiroshima is Nagasaki Nagasaki, is
1: which was less than 10 years before this movie. That was in 45. Yeah, that's right.
0: Exactly. And it was just that I say exactly a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm just putting that out there.
1: Now that I told you, you're going to
0: be so Well, I, I noticed it when I was listening back to our episode <laughs> okay. today. I was just like, I say exactly a lot. And I, 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 I'm going to try and come up That's with a fine. different quirk. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll, we'll turn Don't our show into a it. drinking game. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, so, anyway. So, the destruction of the ships. I mean, all throughout this are echoes of World War II and you know the mm-hmm. fact that japan is the only nation that has ever had a nuclear weapon used against it in war the only humans who have died from an a bomb were japanese were in the cities of hiroshima and nagasaki mm-hmm. and that is the you know that's the thing about this movie it's very much a uh, well it's a it's a nature strikes back kind of movie <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a this well it's dealing with this fact of the A bomb and and the H bomb and nuclear annihilation, all these sorts of things, and that sort of destruction. It's there's some intensity to this movie, you know.
1: Yeah, you can feel that throughout the movie, and just the the effect that it's had on the people, like their their psychological health almost, mm-hmm. because the the fear that they have for Godzilla. You could you you put the H bomb, you know. In place of Godzilla, and you know exactly what these people are going through, what they're still feeling all
0: these years later. Exactly. In fact, it, it made me think of the scene where you have um, the people on the train talking about, hey, I, I barely escaped Nagasaki. Yeah, and exactly. now we're dealing with Godzilla. <laughs> you know, that's that's essentially how, how it goes. One of the things I noticed on this viewing is there's a lot of um, – Things pitted against each other, you know, you have tradition versus modernity. So the fishing village that believes in this, this mm-hmm. ancient thing, you know, that would eat all the fish in their bay, you know, this, this creature that they called Godzilla. And then you have, you have the reporters coming in with their cameras and all their fancy stuff. And then the science, the yeah, counters. the scientists coming in with the guy, counters and stuff. Mm-hmm checking on all this, this little uh, sort of antiquated frozen in time kind of village going on. Um, and then there's politics versus environmental concerns that come up um, mm-hmm. a lot.
1: But yeah, it does feel like, like everything, like, yes, the movie is about a giant monster that is, you know, rise up from the ocean and is attacking people, but everything feels like it's standing for something else. Yes. Which obviously it is. That's what Godzilla was created, you know, as a you know, metaphor for nuclear nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Or even some people say that Godzilla represents the United States. I read that too. Yeah,
0: there is a...
1: Except I don't really know much about this.
0: There's a definite... There's even, there's even a scene um, where they're... Okay, so the Professor Yamani, played by Takashi Shimura... And I'll talk about him in a second. He's he actually presents what he thinks is has happened, you know, that there's this ancient creature from the Jurassic period that with the H-bomb testing has been irradiated and has grown to massive size and is now radioactive. <laughs> because of the underwater H bomb testing, it destroyed its habitat, so now it's forced itself up on the land. Cause there's the, like the other concern.
1: underwater caves and trenches mm-hmm. where it's probably been living and this, the humans and the H bomb is what woke it up. Exactly.
0: And, and there I go again. Um, <laughs> Stop yeah, it. I gotta, I gotta fix myself. <laughs> so anyway, um, there's, there's sort of this debate that's going on where they're, they're saying, you know, Godzilla has been brought upon us and essentially they come, they come within inches of saying the United States and there's, An implication in that scene that yeah you know this is the U.S.'s fault. Well, here's the thing: in 1950s Japan, Japan couldn't say things against the United States because of you know treaties after the war. I mean, there were things in media that they could not do. So the fact that Godzilla is as plain as it is about you know there being some uh, blame being placed on the United States for their nuclear program is is pretty astonishing, even though it is still fairly in the subtext. It's not a impenetrable subtext. It's one that is pretty clear without too much digging.
1: It's almost text. It,
0: yeah, it's very, very close to text. So, and then, you know, another thing is this whole idea of military might. They send out uh, the Navy to destroy Godzilla, depth charges and things like that, which basically just pisses him off. And one of the things I, I love is, you know, you have... Okay, so Taka, Takashi Shimura was at the time uh, one of the most respected actors in Japan. He was probably best known as a as a, one of the main leads in a lot of Kurosawa movies. Um, he's in Akiru, which... Um, the New York Times said, you know, he's the best actor in the world after seeing that movie. And then wow, he, okay. in the oh. same year, in 1954, he's the essentially the lead of The Seven Samurai. Um, oh. You know, he's, he's an extremely respected actor. In the United States, they're sort of like you're an A actor or you're a B actor. That's not the way it was in Japan at the time. You work for Toho Studios. You make movies with Kurosawa, you make movies with Ozu, you make movies with Ishiro Honda. Okay? There's not there's not sort of this looking down their nose at the giant monster movie. In fact, you know, he came back for the sequel. <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh, yeah, right. yeah, so he's in Godzilla Raids again, which is a which is an interesting movie too. Um, but anyway, I, I love his character though. Because he's the he's he's I the assume. older professor. He's a zoologist. He doesn't want to see Godzilla killed.
1: It's like his immediate reaction. No, like no matter what Godzilla's done, he's like, I don't want you to kill him. Right. Which I loved because I don't think they should have killed him either. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, he's cute. I love Godzilla.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Well, I love that you know when they when they go to the to the island. And that's where you see him just sort of figuring out what's going on. There's the giant footprints. I mean, absolutely massive footprints. Oh, my God.
1: That was so cool because they were, like, just standing in this pit. And I was like, oh, that's, what are they doing? What are they standing? And they said this is a footprint. And I was like, that kind of reminded me, like, I don't really know how big Godzilla is supposed to be. That's, like, that's fucking huge. <laughs> He's, like, 165 feet tall. I think that's
0: what they said, yeah. In
1: this one? yeah. That was a fun little scene.
0: It's it's so good.
1: I sound like such a friggin' novice. I don't know. How no, to it's, that cut it's to
0: totally cool. It's totally cool. And you know, I love you know in that.
1: I'm starting at the beginning, folks. Yeah,
0: I mean that's it's a good place to start. You know, as they say. So um, yeah. it's I really? and I really like this version. This was the one that uh, took me Thank from you. being sort of a casual fan to being. This is really something interesting and special. Is this cut of it? The characters. Are, Are so important to the movie it's not just they're not just fodder for Godzilla to destroy you have Yamani who is this professor that's sort of the introduction then you have the main characters which are really his daughter uh, Emiko then her sort of beau I guess um, uh, Ogata
1: her side piece. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> she's engaged.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Ogata and Ogata, if I'm being honest, is not as interesting as no, as no, uh, no. he's sort of he's sort of a bland leading man, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but
1: he doesn't really have anything about him. I was like, yeah, he's cute. Yeah. But yeah. and, but, and Emma, so much else Emiko is,
0: is beautiful. I just I just love her. This yeah. movie. She's just she's she's she was a young actor. Uh, at, at the time who, who hadn't done much. The actress's name is Mamako Kochi. She is uh, just luminous in this movie, and um, mm-hmm. she really draws you in. She's, she's very, very passionate. But to me, the probably the most interesting character is uh, Sarazawa. Yeah. yeah professor sarazawa is so great and i love that you know he lost his eye in the war the so he's got an eye patch on and you know the
1: eye patch is so yeah <laughs> it's everyone looks cooler with an eye uh, patch
0: it's true <laughs> so <laughs> i i just love that and and you know he's introduced you know again that whole idea of uh, he lost his eye in the war you know the the war again is all over this movie um because i mean what a defining thing that was for Japan. You think about Japan before the war, you know, it was imperial Japan, it was military Japan, it was mm-hmm. invading other countries. It, you know, it was invading China. You know, such harsh, you know, POW situations, things like that. It, it's a very different Japan than after the war. Where you think of Japan now, it's like peace. It's demilitarized. It's we're not interested <laughs> in going through this again.
1: Yeah. Well, and again, this was less than exactly 10 years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like people felt the health effects of that for years. Mm-hmm. It's probably they're probably still going through at the time this movie was made. Oh so, yeah,
0: absolutely they were. Yeah,
1: the people were like fearful, like I said, mistrusting. Didn't want obviously, yeah, didn't not want to go through something like this again. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's that's sort of the crux of this of this whole movie. Yeah. So you know, after we find after we sort of meet Emiko Ogata and Sarazawa, we get you know sets up this sort of yeah. You know, there's a little bit of of love triangleness happening. A going love triangle.
1: On. Yeah, um, yeah. because I think
0: Emiko is is drawn to Sarazawa too, even though mm-hmm. she's a in,
1: but it, that's like an arranged marriage yeah. thing, so she's not really in love with him. Right.
0: right. And um, Professor Yamani has a great deal of respect as well one of my favorite lines in this is in this section of the movie is where yamani says you know you can throw all your military might at him at godzilla and it's not going to be it's not going to help it's a, he says godzilla was baptized in the fires of the h-bomb, the of the h-bomb. and survived <laughs> what could de- that one yeah what too. could destroy him now
1: we should be studying his incredible powers of survival. Exactly. The
0: point. Which, okay. Yes.
1: From that line, okay. I kind of got a feeling too, this could be totally wrong, but what I thought when I heard that line was that Godzilla at, in that way was kind of a representation of the Japanese people. Oh. As a way that they survived Hiroshima and Nagasaki and they're moving on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Very much so.
1: That's that's probably totally wrong, but I kinda got that. Yeah. Like baptized in the fires of the H bomb and they survived. You know, that kinda sounds mm-hmm. like we should be studying their powers of survival. Like yeah, it's amazing that they survived. They survived something like something like that. And, and thrived.
0: Rebuilt yeah. and thrived. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that could be totally wrong. No, I but, think you're right, definitely. but but in that becomes more apparent in the later movies. Um after King mm-hmm. Kong When Godzilla comes more of like an antihero Godzilla hero. becomes more of like a mascot he becomes sort of the hero yeah. he fights off the other monsters um, after
1: maybe that's what yeah. I was thinking of like not the Godzilla in this so, particular
0: movie right else. right. so the first three yeah. movies Godzilla's the villain um, yeah. in, in this one in Godzilla raids again and in King Kong versus Godzilla um, it's one of the rare situations where there's a versus movie and there's a clear winner and it's King Kong spoiler alert
1: oh don't tell me
0: Gosh. Well the thing is it's, and it's true it's true of both versions. There was a there was a, a an American rumor that that the winner of King Kong versus Godzilla for the American cut was King Kong and the winner in the Japanese cut was Godzilla, <laughs> was but it's not true.
1: So, so yeah. when I actually when I actually went
0: <laughs> funny, when I though. saw the Japanese uh, cut of King Kong versus Godzilla, I, I actually saw it before it came out uh, through criterion. I was I I got this Japanese import of it, <laughs> and I and um, nice. I was I saw it. I was like, oh, they lied to me for years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but after that one, uh, as Godzilla starts fighting some of these other creatures like Ghidorah and Mecha Godzilla, etc., cetera, etc., etc., he becomes the hero. He's the protector of Japan. That's yeah. probably
1: what I was thinking of. Well, I was, it was hard to see him as a villain in this movie because I've always kind of thought of him as like right the protector or the mascot of Japan. And yeah. one
0: of the things about this movie, though, is I don't know if Godzilla is necessarily even a villain. He's just an animal that mm-hmm. is like you destroyed my habitat, so now I'm going to yeah. you know I'd have nowhere I have nowhere too. to go, so I'm coming on land, and then you're shooting at me, so I'm going to defend myself. You exactly. know, there's not <laughs> particularly this sense in this movie that Godzilla is. Bad, exactly. He's not like
1: he's yeah. just really big and causes a lot of damage, and that's why they got to get rid of him. But no, he didn't do anything
0: wrong. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> poor god Yeah, yeah, poor <laughs> poor guy. Goodness. So as we're moving on, there some of the things that, that I that I wrote down that I loved. I love the special effects in this movie. I do too. You know, I think what they're doing in this is really remarkable. They're using miniatures. They're using uh force pers- Which you can totally tell. You can miniatures. totally tell they're miniatures. They're not as sophisticated <laughs> as 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 some of the models no. we see, you know, later.
1: The helicopter oh, shot, true. I was like, oh, what's the little kid's toy helicopter? Oh no, that's not supposed to be a toy. Yeah. <laughs> and th- then you know, like it's supposed to be an actual some of
0: the airplanes, you can see all the strings of the missiles and stuff. Yeah. Um it's <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they're you can see the seeds. Um, there's no doubt about yeah. it. But thinking about this being, that didn't
1: like ruin anything no, for me, though. I no, love it.
0: think about this being 1954. There are miniatures. There's horse yeah. perspective. There are process shots. There's a man in a suit. There's matte paintings. There's just about every... Um, and for the budget that they're using yeah. and the time, this is pretty great stuff. It is. I mean, obviously, sort of the flagship um, special effects for a giant monster at this time with King Kong or with um, you know, Ray Harryhausen and stuff like that, was stop motion. Well, they couldn't afford stop yeah. motion. Stop motion was expensive and took forever to do. Um, so the man in the suit thing, people sort of scoff at that, but it looks pretty good in this one. It
1: yeah. works in this. It does. And
0: frankly, hey, there was a man in a suit for the start, uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in Ghostbusters, and it works great. <laughs> that was a man in a suit <laughs> of that. So you know, don't give me the man in the suit. Never works. You know the alien.
1: There is one part that I really like. Yeah, <laughs> where the man in the suit. is <laughs> when the Godzilla's going back in towards the sea, and the planes are like shooting at him, and you get the, he's just kind of like swatting yeah. at them. <laughs> like, I just kind of imagine him saying like, okay, "Get the fuck away from me! I'm going away. I'm going away." <laughs> just, uh, I love the little motion of that. He's like, "Stop." It looks. It looks fine. It looks totally fine. I didn't have any problem with. And watching the effects now, and it
0: looks better in the black and white ones. So the first, the mm-hmm. first two are in black and white, and uh, it just they look better. Starting with King Kong versus Godzilla, which is in color, it, it starts. <laughs> it starts to look a little bit more obvious, even more obvious. Uh, the miniatures, they they are obviously like little. Uh, radio controlled, or not even not even necessarily that. Some of them are probably like wind up toys that are that are moving. Um, it's it's uh, but you know another thing you know they're using things like uh, stock footage cut into it and stuff like that with the, of the military and and at the beginning of the movie it says the um, movie was made with the cooperation of the Japanese Coast Guard. They had um, the ability to to use all of these tools at their disposal, um, to make a movie that I think still, you know, it, it works, it works, you know, and you, you can see the seams, but you kind of don't care, (laughs) you know, I don't care. I didn't care when I was watching it. It's kind of part of the charm of the movies.
1: It's kind of like knowing where Godzilla is now, like with what I've, Pictures and clips that I've seen of like some of the newer movies and mm-hmm. seeing where like where his design started and like where he is now like I really like the design of him in this movie those uh, bony plates on yeah. his back and his eyes look really sad to me for some reason
0: yeah
1: <laughs> that was just me that's true there's something about his eyes and his I thought the design was very the design
0: cool. is really that's good really. and you know it sort of has a has a semi his
1: sound is so cool
0: Ugh. oh the, yeah. And that, that is one of the key elements is the sound of Godzilla. I can't. It was, and it, the thing is, it was it was one of those things. You know, like you hear Ben Burtt, who worked on Star Wars, who would go out and he would just find random sounds in the world that already existed and use them to create these iconic sounds. That's the same thing that happened with Godzilla. I think it's actually like something like running a bow, like a violin bow, across a piece of sheet metal or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was something yeah. like that. Boy, it, it's effective. I know, the, I know the the Godzilla cry sort of changed later, but in this first one, it's, it's lower. It's got a little bit more of an edge to it. The uh, the later one, the famous one, is, is more high-pitched.
1: Yeah, this more sounds really very serious and like i said sad sometimes especially like his when he's dying at the end yeah
0: there's a there's a sense of that
1: last that last roar there's a
0: sense of pain with it yeah and you know mm-hmm. in a weird way
1: and okay go ahead <laughs> no like okay i know spielberg was totally influenced by this for jurassic park i swear to god this sounds like the t-rex
0: too yeah there's definitely an element in that
1: the t-rex sounds exactly like godzilla <laughs> All I could hear while I was watching this, I was like, that's the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Well, There's like one little element. I think it's like the baby elephant the sound. The baby
0: elephant sound, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's what I caught.
0: Yeah, in the T-Rex, it you're right. It sounded
1: exactly the same as well, this. Well, yeah.
0: you know, it's funny you said Spielberg because what I what I thought was um, also in, in Duel, when the – have you seen Duel? Where the uh, – yeah. okay, the – of course, I have. Sorry. Gosh, Brian, uh, yeah, I know. I've seen I, stuff. I know, I know. It's like none of us have seen everything. But but, Duel um, has that when the truck goes off the cliff. There's a dragon roar at the end, as the truck goes off the cliff. I don't remember. Yeah, that, there really. is, and then <laughs> and then in Jaws, when you see the shark sinking at the end after it's been after its head's mm-hmm. been blown up the same dragon roar is used. And quite frankly, it's a lot like the ending this? of this movie. The underwater <laughs> can't scene. I remember that. The underwater scene where, where Godzilla kind of yeah. you know turns to turns to a bony skeleton. Oh. Um, oh. there's some similarity in that in the way it sort of floats down there at the end of this movie. So, ah. yeah. and I see that yeah. So but anyway, when I was thinking about some of the special effects I could see how, like, the American cut of this movie in, in the 50s could ex, could inspire, you know, like a Roger Corman or a William Castle or even an Ed Wood, you know, to do some, some sort <laughs> of – some elements of, of these kinds of effects. Um, I don't think they necessarily do them as well, uh, but you can see, you know, that can plant some seeds and some interesting ideas for people. Another thing I noticed was.
1: There's a lot of great shots in this movie, too. Like, I sent you the picture. Yeah. My favorite shot is when he's, like, destroying
0: Tokyo. The city. Yeah.
1: Like, one of the times he comes to land and attacks. Like, I don't know why I really like that. It's like it's the people in the foreground, and then you see the skyline of the city, and then behind the skyline is just filled with fire. Yes. And you just see the Godzilla silhouette. I thought that was so cool. So, it's. it's I think this is a beautiful movie. It's beautiful. Looking. It really is. In certain shots like that, yeah,
0: and it's it's so well, and that and that one that you showed, I mean, that was that was one of those uh, multi-layered shots where yeah. you've got this foreground of people, then you have miniatures, then you have this fire over the top, then you have and it, it and it just all these combined into this one thing. A lot of those were made where you know you either like forced perspective where you you just have things laid out in, in into the shot so that, but they aren't necessarily actually near each other. They're just laid out yeah. in the shot so that it looks like they're all in the same shot and in the same field of vision. It's pretty impressive what they were able to pull off really on, on this kind of budget because this was not a big budget
1: movie. There's a lot of times I was watching it and I was like, Oh, that looks really good. Like that's a, that's a great yeah. shot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, Really and other
1: times, like, like, it doesn't work as well. Like I said, you can see the models and the miniatures, mm-hmm. but putting them all together like that, it's still a really good package. Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> um, another thing that's, that I realized about this movie is they sort of saved the famous atomic breath for really late. <laughs> you know, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't start, you know, doing the atomic... And it's not animated in this movie. Some of the later ones, it's like animated breath. And this one, it's just, it's actually like, Steam or smoke or something that's being pushed out of the mm-hmm. suit, and uh, then they show the—that's—I uh, think it's when he's being electrocuted. They're trying to electrocute him. He just breathes on the on the towers,
1: and they start yeah. to mm-hmm. melt.
0: You know, yeah. I think they—they they were made out of plastic, and, and they just melted them. And it looks—it <laughs> looks so cool.
1: Yeah, it, does. it sort of
0: glows <laughs> and stuff, and it's like, oh, that is, <laughs> thats great. There's one
1: part where he does the atomic breath on a car that
0: that that, yes that was really cool that was really really cool and then you know just and i i wrote down that shot that you were telling me about there's this complete destruction of a city left in flames you know Mm -hmm. that is again hiroshima and nagasaki and the memory of that you know all over this movie and the next the scene the next day is just incredible because it shows all these casualties. It shows all this destruction.
1: Oh, the girls singing?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's even later. But, I mean, it's it's just showing the oh. hospital and yeah. all of this stuff. You know, um, I wrote down, the next day showing the destruction of, and casualties, radiation poisoning, everything, mm-hmm. children orphaned and crying. Um, this makes this movie more than, quote, just a monster movie.
1: Was that when there was one part where, I think it was while he was still... Attacking, but yeah, there's one part where it just cuts to a random woman and her kids yeah. and she's like we're gonna be We're gonna see your daddy soon or something. Ugh. She says to them.
0: Oh, man. I was like,
1: oh my god. Yeah wow. it's,
0: It really yeah, it's sort of a fantastical story but it's grounded in these real fears and feelings and That's what makes it as powerful as it is and you know after yeah. we see this earlier in the film we've seen Sarazawa has, is showing Emiko something, something. you know, and, and it doesn't, and it just shows her sort of freak out. So we don't really, I know. I was so mad at that. I was like, yeah, what? What but it's, it's sort of brilliantly done though. Cause mm-hmm, when they bring yeah. it back in the movie, she's like, okay, there's this horrible thing I've seen, but it may be the only, our only hope. This dilemma of the ending sequence of the ending section is so strong.
1: This is my favorite part of the
0: movie. And I, kind of get chills thinking about what they're dealing with because it's a real, um, sort of ethical conundrum. Okay. So we learn what this thing was. It's called the oxygen destroyer. The oxygen destroyer makes no logical sense at all, but (laughs) that's beside the point.
1: Like, it takes all the oxygen out of the water and makes it a fluid, and that takes all the flesh off the... Yeah, okay. it, turn, it it's basically <laughs> sure.
0: liquefies, uh, it
1: liquefies any the living fish, tissue. The...
0: Yeah, it, it, it's sure. like, sure, whatever. It's, a, it's, okay. it's a, I mean, it's not exactly a MacGuffin, but it's, it's just one of those things, it's like, it, it's not really... It doesn't make any sense, but you just kind of <laughs> go with it. If you've come this far with the movie, you're just going to keep going with it, right? Sure. And, you know, you just have this old theme of of the dangers of scientific discovery. This all mirrors the, you know, Surazawa is kind of a, I guess, an Oppenheimer character, you know, the creator of the atomic bomb or the head of the Manhattan Project. You know, after, after that initial destruction of those cities, you know, Oppenheimer has famously said, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds that's it's, it, it's an echo of that here. I mean, because Suraza was like, I have found this horrible uh, weapon of mass destruction.
1: Yeah. He specifically calls it a weapon it's, of mass destruction.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I don't want to add another. He says, adding another weapon to the arsenal, like the A-bomb and the H-bomb is something I can't do. At first he's like, I'm not going to do it.
1: Or he doesn't want to add another weapon to the arsenal, to humanity. Exactly.
0: The, the humanities, yeah. um, yeah, humanity doesn't need any more destructive yeah, powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then, then it's the, the he sees the images of the destruction again with the girls' choir singing, and that sequence. That's right. That's when that that's when that scene. Be, yeah, so. yeah, it's the scene that it's the sequence that that convinces him. So he agrees to use the oxygen destroyer on Godzilla, um, but he also. It's like it's the only time it will ever be used and he burns all of the plans, which I thought was done well. And, of course, you know, you have uh, uh, Emiko just sort of break down in tears over all this because I Mm -hmm. think I think she understands the weight of the of the situation. I think she understands sort of the ethical issues that are arising um, with all of this. I mean, we're destroying a creature that is dangerous but essentially innocent because it doesn't really know what it's doing. just an
1: innocent animal, basically. Yeah. 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 Just defending itself. Exactly.
0: Just defending itself.
1: My absolute favorite part of this, though, was that he said um, he doesn't want to use it because he knows as soon as he uses it once that, he says specifically politicians are going to get a hold of it and want to use it as a weapon. Mm -hmm. And that he would rather die than use it again. But my favorite part of this was that, he said that even if he destroyed his plans, like it would still be in his yes. head and that he, he could be coer- coerced to use it yeah. again. And I loved that because like, I, that's just so, that's very true. You yeah. know, it's very true to recognize. He says something about like the, the weakness of, of humans. Yeah. That something could coerce him as terrible as it is and as much as he doesn't want to use it, he, he knows that. Yeah, you know, humans are weak, and he could be coerced with money or you know whatever to do it again, which is why I think obviously he does what he does in exactly. the end.
0: That's a that's such a key moment because you know in the end, you know leaving behind Emiko and Ogata to be together is part of it too. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what happens is uh, he and Ogata go down. Together to plant the oxygen destroyer, like a big version of it, near Godzilla. And Serizawa decides not to resurface. He has um, Ogata says he says Ogata, go ahead, go ahead, and he just um, hangs back. He says to make sure that that it's effective, make sure that everything works. And And it's really because what you just said about him being, about the possibility of coercion, of of being made to share the secrets of this horrid weapon that could essentially annihilate the earth.
1: I was just so surprised at that. Like, just, I was like, that's very true and like powerful insight into, you know, the nature of humanity. Like, you don't really get that from a lot of movies like this and I just I loved that they recognized it and said it because
0: yeah it's very true (laughs) and you know I gotta admit I know it's used all the time but I'm kind of a sucker for a self-sacrifice ending you know (laughs) I I gotta admit there's something there's something I guess sort of deep in our stories as humans that respond to that especially when it's done like this where there's a real there's not just an I did it for love Thing with
1: it, right. it's
0: more of a. I'm.
1: He had a really good reason he, for doing there's it. Yeah.
0: A, yes, and it's um, it's <laughs> it's all it's it's all of humanity, you know, owes him a debt for this particular sacrifice um, in the movie. So I, you know, every time I see it, I, I'm just kind of surprised all over again by how profound and kind of moving it is. And you know, when you get to the sequels, uh, it's technically Godzilla Raids Again is is a different creature. <laughs> it's sort of like, a, yeah, yeah, I was like,
1: I was like, wait a minute, how can there be thirty something movies after that?
0: <laughs> right, stand? right. So in, starting <laughs> with the second one, it's it's a different it's a different <laughs> Godzilla. Uh, it's a um, it's it's been it's a, it's a creature that's been frozen in the ice, as I recall. You know as they go on, they get more and more sort of silly. <laughs> and yeah, you, you have, uh, some of the gifts that you, Godzilla gifts you see of, of Godzilla. Like he's doing a two footed kick in the air. And he's just sort of flying across, <laughs> across the, the desert you on, know, his on his tail. tail and, yeah. and you have, you know, him doing the dance and, you know, fighting Godzilla and all this other stuff. it gets, on the ridiculous side, there's no doubt about it. Um, but at the same time, a lot of those Showa era ones are still pretty fun. When they came back in the 80s, uh, they there's a little bit more serious tack with them, uh, and the 2000s even more so. But the the early ones from from the late from the mid 50s to the to the early, I think 70s actually, I think 72, starting with King Kong versus Godzilla at least, they they start just getting sort of fun. And a little bit silly, and Mm -hmm. it's weird to think that they started with such a serious film, one that is far more serious than I think uh, people even realize um, if they're coming into it cold. Yeah, and you know the the American recut uh, is is fine. I know some people prefer it, and and that's great. More power to you. I (laughs) I kind of I gotta.
1: I don't know that I could after seeing. I
0: kind of yeah, I disagree. I, I this just really means something. Yeah, this
1: one. I don't want to see yeah. something silly after this. I was like, this is this one's saying something, yeah. and I think and this is the way it needed to be and done. To be
0: fair, the uh, the Raymond Burr version does too. I mean, it starts in fact showing the destruction uh, at the very beginning, and he happens to be one of the people caught in the rubble. Uh, he's a reporter. And then uh, it goes back and shows a lot of it is, you know, Raymond Burr and one or two actors uh, shot against a couple of walls that don't entirely match <laughs> the rest of the footage, sort of explaining what's going on. And, and there's a voiceover from him all the way through it. It, it. it doesn't do it for me the way this one does. And
1: that
0: doesn't sound like Yeah, it. and you know, it's and you know, like I said, there there's there because I noticed a lot of people when you posted that you were watching this movie said, Oh, watch the Raymond Berber yeah. or you know yeah, yeah. and it's like it's 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 fine. I mean, it's got some cool things. It actually there's there's like one or two recuts to it, like reorderings of scenes that kind of make sense, you know, a little bit, uh, to keep to okay. keep the um the main the lead actors you know sort of your lead uh love triangle thing sort of more present in the film because it, it, there's a big gap where, where none of that is there uh in, in the original japanese cut where it just sort of focuses on um on the on professor mm-hmm. yamani so anyway i am so glad you enjoyed this movie though and it it, it, it I, and for for you to post your your favorite watches of January and have Godzilla be one of them with a couple of exclamation points after it was like Godzilla. I was like awesome I'm so glad and um I'm because
1: I was excited to I mean I know this is a section of film that you know King Kong and Godzilla all that kind of stuff like yeah I know nothing about it. I've seen like two King Kong movies the most recent ones yeah. So I knew that there was this whole section of film to get into and it just it's it's a little daunting when you know how many movies there are and people seem to know a lot about them and it's like I know fucking well, nothing. So this was good to like start at the beginning and find one that I really really liked. I did. I really yeah. liked this a lot. And and I want to see more.
0: And to be fair, you know, um, if you don't like some of them, you know, that makes total sense <laughs> because <'cause> frankly <laughs> at, at some point I think I just started just watching them through and went, wow, this movie is really bad. I mean like, uh, you know, just really, really silly and, you know, kind of cheap looking, but, those are but at the too. same time, it's like, but <laughs> I am having so much fun with it,
1: you know, right. <laughs> that it's just a blast
0: anyway. And, um, and it's, like I said, it's so,
1: there's some fun parts of this. There definitely are. And,
0: and, and, Oh,
1: Oh, what is that scene? I didn't mention this, the scene with the the guys in the radio tower, when the guy is like literally broadcasting like, Oh look, there's Godzilla. He's coming right for us. We're probably going to die right right now. What was that about? I was like, that's kind of funny, but also like very sinister at the same time. And you know,
0: some of it is, is kind of quirks of, of, uh, Japanese filmmaking at that time, to be honest with uh-huh. you. Cause like, um, even the seven samurai, which I revere, I, I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made without a doubt. And you're uh, looking like I haven't seen it. That's okay. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it's, it's three and a half hours long or something like that. So we're probably oh, wow. not gonna Probably not gonna, not gonna, uh, get to it anytime soon, but it is, uh, Truly, one of the one of the greatest movies ever made, without a doubt. I know, you know I know, I know. Okay, so <laughs> that's not what I meant, but I, <laughs> I, but but there is still stuff in that where it's like they over-explain things. It's like there's there's this whole thing where um, Tashira Mafuni's character says what the audience obviously realizes. You know, he says, this baby, <laughs> yeah. this baby is me. Oh, my gosh. What a metaphor, practically, you know. And, and and so so it's some of it is just like these quirks of Japanese filmmaking where there's just a little bit more, you know how a lot of times you'll hear uh, show me, don't tell me when it comes to movies. There's a lot of tell me and show me at the same time in, in sort of this okay. era. Of, of Japanese filmmaking. It doesn't make them uh, any less great in my, uh, you know, you know, in my opinion. It just, it just is a different cultural uh, norm, um, which, you know, I'm a big That's fan so of, of uh, this, this era of Japanese filmmaking. So um, I, I want to see more of it, but.
1: You're going to have to teach me well, more. Well, you
0: know, um, we're, we're going to have to do a Kurosawa movie um, before too long.
1: I mean, I yeah, we
0: one. should watch Yojimbo. <laughs> you like the, you like Fistful of Dollars, right? You like the Dollars movies? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we get, yeah, we should watch you, Jimbo. Then, oh, yeah, okay. we'll get there. All right, <laughs> that
1: Godzilla God's, is awesome. So yes, I'm very happy to finally see
0: Godzilla, and I'm so glad you did too. Uh,
1: anything else? There's so many times I was watching it. I was like, kind of excited, like a little kid, just like seeing the monster. <laughs> like, there's this one shot of. And when he's in the water, like when you, when you kind of, you're still just seeing like little pieces of him every now and then. And then like one time like his tail kind of switches out and I was like, Oh, look at his tail. His tail looks awesome. I And and, you know,
0: that's one of the things, you know, you, you can, you can see all the care that they put into, into making the suit look authentic. I mean, the, the way the tail moves and it sort of pops up out of the water and, uh, and different things like that is really cool. And, um, like I literally was like, "Oh,
1: look at the tail! It's awesome. That looks awesome." I mean, so I was excited. But you know,
0: again, when he's on land, you know, sometimes you can see the the, the string that's holding the tail and things sure. like that. Um, but part of I did not
1: mind it. But no to one, be but honest, book. part
0: of that is just the fact that um, we are seeing these now in these beautiful restorations for from the sure. frickin' Criterion Collection. Yeah, is is saying yes, these movies have value. And I love that their one thousandth release was the Showa era Godzilla's because you know these movies are special and they really do have something to say and um, even yeah, with the even with the kind of silly ones and, you know and there's like weird jump cuts in this too there are I noticed some of that could did yeah, not care some of that still didn't care still love yeah, the movie some of that could even be you know just you know wear it over time. It was so fun to, it's all, I always enjoy uh, revisiting a Godzilla movie. So I'm very excited about, uh, yes. about you enjoying this. So, all right. <laughs> Yay. And I'm also very excited about the movie that you introduced to me. Oh
1: my God, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so now we're talking about a movie that's kind of a throwback to these um, 50s monster creature features now we're going to talk about Tremors from 1990 and Brian you said something like this to me about Superman I want to know how you never saw Tremors (laughs) because I used to watch this on TV literally all the time when I was a kid I was on TV so much I watched it so much that when I watched the movie now I remember the TV version in my so head. the edited down version. <laughs> I, know, I know the TV version so well. It's like, oh, that shot wasn't in there. They they dubbed that. Mm-hmm. So I I watched this constantly when I was a kid. It was one of those, like, where it was my sister and I. is was, our, like, one of our favorite movies. Like, whenever we would see it on USA, yeah. we would just be like, hey, yo, Tremors is on. And, like, we would always, like, have to come over and sit down and watch it. So it's been in my life forever. I adore this movie with all my heart and... Yes, I say hyperbolically, that is the greatest <laughs> movie of all time. But it is, because I just... It,
0: it went, has a, so it has we'll a, a clear, it. special is, place in your heart, is what it is. Yeah, It does. Um,
1: it does. And we'll get into it. But what was your like initial reaction to it? I okay. Know.
0: I, I got to say a couple of things. Okay, so back in 1990, when this came out, I was 12. I don't know why I didn't see it at the time. Because thinking about that age I was, I think I was pretty much like... When it comes to horror, I was a franchises guy. You know, it was like I'm gonna see the big names. I'm you know You were a Jason,
1: Freddy, Michael guy? Yeah,
0: exactly. And um also the howling was an obsession with of mine as well.
1: Those sequels aren't always so I great. didn't
0: you know, honestly, I didn't see a <laughs> single one of the sequels until about a year ago I saw the howling two and went holy shit. <laughs> oh, I've seen them all. They're <laughs> They're
1: a thing. They're a thing to get well, into.
0: Well, what, what was I? Okay, so I had a, I had a guitar teacher. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. I had a guitar teacher. Um, <laughs> I, I took guitar lessons for a long time um, from when I was very young, from when I was six years old. And when I was uh, seven, I started taking from this one guy in particular, and I stayed with him you know, for like 10 years as my teacher. Um, and he liked. All kinds of movies, but he liked scary movies and he would talk. We would be able to talk about that. And when we talked about the howling, he would say, Yeah, the second one is as bad as the first one is good. Okay, that was his that was his lie. It's
1: not bad, yeah. No.
0: It, it was like,
1: I love the howling, yeah. I, well,
0: here's the thing is that you know, now um, Sybil Danning, as I've discovered, Sybil Danning, I, I like the howling too. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and and Christopher <laughs> Lee's in it too. So I mean, how I mean, how can you completely hate a movie that's got Sybil banning I, and and can't. and, uh, and Christopher can't. Lee? Um, but anyway,
1: <laughs> Tremors. Tremors.
0: So I don't know why I didn't see Tremors. Uh, to be honest, I think maybe I thought it looked "quote unquote" silly at the time. Sure. I'm sorry to say. You know, I've been I've I've admitted this before that I was something of a movie snob. That's lasted a long time. so uh, I'm finally over that. I'm a recovering movie snob, and I actually I actually, <laughs> you know I was like, you know what? give me give me all the schlock I can get now. And this movie isn't schlock. Right. I mean, this is no, this is not. a really well made, very funny, great adventure story that's got wonderful characters and wonderful acting. And you know, it's sort of why did I never see this up to this point? And at some point, it was just like, oh, I, I'll get around to it. And then I never did until you said, hey, we're going to talk about Tremors in our next episode. And I said, okay, I'm watching it. <laughs> what was funny is after I finished it, my wife comes in and says, oh, is that Tremors? <laughs> now, for those of you uh, who haven't uh, heard every story uh, about my wife, uh, my wife is not a horror fan. No. Uh, no, she's she, not. <laughs> she really has a tough time. She has seen this movie, like, a bunch of times. <laughs> right? yeah. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, I used to watch that a lot. You know, okay. This one in arachnophobia, as it turns out. Um, right. And she even right. suggested, hey, maybe we could watch the, the Tremors for one of our family movie nights. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I love it. And, her. you know, while I was watching this, I was thinking, was 1990 the year that they just figured out how to do PG-13 horror right? because between this one that's
1: the same year as arachnophobia yeah,
0: between this and arachnophobia yeah, right. it's like it's like these type Perfect. of creature features that are really have some good scares but are still really funny and really you know and they're not mm-hmm. so they're not so frightening that that mm-hmm. younger kids can't enjoy them
1: like there's a threat but it's not like that yeah
0: they keep it light yeah yeah and and yeah. it's just so much fun in every sense yeah. I mean any movie that starts where the first shot you see is Kevin Bacon, <laughs> Kevin Bacon pissing Bacon, off the edge of a cliff a that movie yeah. has got to be good <laughs>
1: right <laughs> see that's exactly what I'm talking about though because I, I call it like the greatest movie of all time because I think it is it's it's a perfect movie I'm sorry it is I know people Use that mm-hmm. word a lot, but I, I really think it is, and it, I have so much respect mm-hmm. for it. I think is kind of why I adore it. I have respect for it being the kind of movie that it is, which mm-hmm. is like a comedy, you know, creature feature. Like you said, could be a little schlocky, could be silly, but with the way that they, the the writing, like you said, the characters and the the acting, it's it's still perfect, and it just kind of it proves to me. Even though, like, I already know this, you know, like, a really, really good movie that brings it all together doesn't have to be all, like, dramatic and, you know, Oscar-baity to be perfect in my mind. It can just be a really smartly done, entertaining movie. Well, the thing is, the way this movie... And that's what Tremors yeah, is. It's always been to me. It really is. And the
0: way it start. I mean, the way it's structured is something I know, because I watched this movie about three times. In the last week, exactly. at various times, just to m- kind of get my thoughts on it and try to catch up a little bit. I think you know, <laughs> um, you've seen this far more than I probably ever. You will have
1: to watch it about hundred and fifty yeah, more I, times to catch up. I with don't me. think I'll ever
0: make it. <laughs> I've seen it a lot, <laughs> but one of the things I noticed, started noticing, is like the structure of this movie is like perfect because I mean, right from the beginning, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, you see, you're you see where this movie's going to end. You see where it ends up right at the first shot. And you um, hear, you know, when when uh, Val uh, wakes Earl up, you know, with a earthquake on his... Um, stampede. Yeah, a, yeah, that's right. Stamp- it's a stampede. So it's a stampede. That brings it back to where the movie finally ends up. But, the, you know, there's not an actual, literal animal stampede in the movie. Um, right. It's just... You know this friendship gives. They're they're always bouncing these ideas. Oh, what you said gave me an idea. What you said is you know mm-hmm. it, it's it just leads inevitably, but not predictably to where it's heading. And it is uh, it's just really great. I I and and sometimes
1: um, when I think about why this movie works so well for me and for so many people this movie is so beloved and absolutely deserves mm-hmm. it is that i think about what this movie doesn't have okay and what it doesn't have is any characters that you hate none of these people are bad people you don't have so much like inviting like you do like in you know, in creature movies there's always like the one bad person that's gonna like sacrifice somebody to save everybody else or be like the one that they have to fight against like oh we have to fight against the humans as well as the yeah, creatures. The, ma- the mayor no, there's no all... mayor
0: from jaws there's no mayor <laughs> of jaws
1: right you have these this uh, town the town of perfection nevada population 14
0: <laughs> i love that sign this... it's when i saw that sign i think i laughed <laughs> Out loud. And I watched this movie at like yeah. 4.30 in the morning on a Saturday. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was like, yeah, that was, I, I don't know what it was about that sign. And that just, it literally just cracked me up. And it's, it's like such this little thing.
1: 14, and because it's called Perfection, yeah. and it's literally like five houses in a market. Exactly.
0: It's so funny. <laughs> so
1: funny. But it's like you have this town that's that feels so lived in, by the way. That that whole town of perfection is a set. Yeah. It was built. And it yet it looks like it's been there for like you know 30 years, like all the junk around. And it's just so lived in with the characters and their relationships to each other. And like, yeah, some of the secondary characters aren't like explored as much. I mean, Val and Earl and like some of the other people like uh, Walter uh, Chang mm-hmm. is like some of the the people that you get to know a little bit better, but like, you know who all these people is and you love all these people. There's no like
0: asshole of this movie. I know. that I know they sort people. of Melvin, yeah, Melvin the kid. They sort of, they even sort of Melvin, his, he's, uh, their their animosity toward him. But at the same time, I mean, they right. will, he's, a, he's kid. a kid. He's just sort of like a little punk and they're just going to. Yeah. And, and you know, they're still going to try everything they can to save that kid. Save everybody. Yeah. They want to save everybody.
1: Yeah, and in Melvin, yes, he's like the one annoying person that everybody kind of hates. But he's a teenager, <laughs> and it's also did you notice he doesn't have any parents in this movie? That's kind of the the weird that thing. That is a weird. That is a weird. <laughs> thing. No,
0: that's
1: for sure. <laughs> Which could be kind of part of his character. I kind of was reading up on the um, like the the wiki fandom page for Tremors, and under Melvin, it said something about how there was like something maybe in one of the original scripts about how. Uh, his he has parents were absentee and, you know, they had left him to, alone so they could go to Vegas ah, or whatever. So <laughs> maybe that's part of his character, yeah. you know, but so he's kind of annoying. And then, but when things get serious, you know, you really see him for what he is. He's just a scared little kid. He's like, yeah. And he needs their help. He needs everybody's help as much as they hate him. You know, they're not going to let him go just because they, they annoy him. <laughs> they, or he annoys them.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so... The main people that we got to talk about, we already did a little bit. Okay, how much did you love Val and Earl? I... And their brothers. Here's
0: here's what I wrote down. Earl and Val's friendship is magical. Exactly.
1: Doesn't he have a home to go to? That's why Edgar never got down off that damn tower. I think I have an idea.
0: You know... We're going to have to come up with some sort of plan. He's just going to wait us to death. Yeah, well, honestly, thinking we could... Well, why don't we, we just we make a could... run for it? We outran him yesterday. Run for it? Running's not a plan. Now, running's what you do when a plan fails. Valentine, you're not even trying to think of a plan. Well, it ain't like we got a hell of a lot of options. Always options. We just got to think of them, that's all. All right, well, why don't you start thinking? Well, why in the hell do I always have to do all the things? Who died and made you, Einstein? You guys don't have to pull a vault! <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> We just stay where it can't get us, on these residual boulders. My truck's parked right next to one. What I love about them is they do have sort of this antagonism, you know, they, they fight a lot. But I mean, for goodness sake, they have But it's like but it's like their brothers are an old married couple even is the way they that's fight. That's the way it's played. And I love that's it. That's the way it's played. And you know, on their truck, you know, V and E, you know, it's them. It's I mean, it's it's they have and that truck is <laughs> obviously ancient too. So they have been mm-hmm. together in all this for maybe most of their lives. They have probably known each other since they were really young and they, they're best friends. And, you know, seeing that kind of male friendship on screen, you know, it's, it's not Mm -hmm. the most common thing. It's rare. And, um, it's deep and, you know, it's, it's intimate in its way without, and it's, it's not sexual, but I mean it's just that, kind of friendship is so rarely shown between men. And I think that it would be healthy to show more of that kind of thing, okay. you know, where yeah. it's um, a deep meaningful friendship that has lasted. And, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool thing. I, I, I really, and you know, I don't know where their accents came from. I mean, is that a Nevada accent? <laughs> I, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> they sounded normal. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they sounded a li- maybe a little bit. Similar. Yeah, yeah. There's there's sort of this uh, sometimes, but this, yeah. Uh, especially uh, uh, Val has got you know like a like a <laughs> a southern drawl. Could yeah. you
1: shut? Yeah. Up. <laughs> it's
0: a, so I don't know if that's a Texas accent or what. But, but yeah, they're
1: a, like are they not like the best dudes ever? I mean, yeah. like you said, the movie opens with these two characters. Starts with him like pissing off of a cliff and then them arguing about breakfast yeah. and that's just kind of like the antagonistic but loving relationship that you can see like they love each other yeah. and you can feel that and then they have these super fun like adorable little quirky moments together the rock paper scissors yeah. i mean hello Yeah,
0: yeah. and i and I, <laughs> I love all of the all of the stuff you know his his wish list, you know, Val's wish list for every woman he meets has to <laughs> going fit this particular criteria. And you know
1: You will have long her, blonde hair, big green eyes. World cla- <laughs> yeah. Ask that won't quit. Limbs, and the legs, all the like, way, all up. The way yeah. up. And
0: and then he sees her, you know, and he's he just shuts down, you know. <laughs> and you are just going like, oh yeah, they're they're <laughs> destined. They're destined to end up together at the Right. Uh, right. But uh, it's it's not predictable as, as that. I mean, it, it really is a, a kind of a wonder of what's of what's going to happen. But um.
1: they are just yeah, God, they're just hilarious together. And again, this is another one of those movies where it's just like endlessly quotable. Uh-huh. To me, it is. I think I've seen it so many times. Yeah. And but I, yeah, like you said, I I do love seeing this kind of like male friendship. It's that kind of ball busting, mm-hmm. you know, arguing the whole way through friendships. But you can also tell that every time they insult each other, it's really just kind of like, oh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you're my dude. You're my person. Yeah. And and we just fit together. And like, yeah, and it feels very real and lived in. Like they have known each other for, God, I don't know how, this is actually like the first time I ever thought of like, okay, what was their, how did they get here? <laughs> I want like a prequel. Yeah. It's like Val and Earl, how did they get to where they uh-huh. are.
0: yeah and um, I think that the casting
1: because casting
0: it. is is spot on too. Kevin Bacon uh-huh. and Fred Ward it's you know, Kevin Bacon was sort of this was just before he started really leaning into doing sort of the whole uh, character acting sort of uh, I guess more supporting role kind of stuff that he sort of specialized in for a while. Uh, you know, showing up in movies like JFK and, uh, and Paul Thirteen, you know, movies that were where he was playing smaller roles, but was in in what I guess would be called prestige pictures, for lack of a better term. That sort of became a specialty. That's where we get the whole six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing happening, because he was just in right. so many movies uh, with all of these people. <laughs> By the way, the key... I think probably to winning uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon is to always come back to JFK because there's probably okay. somebody <laughs> in that movie because there are so many people in that movie. So anyway, but you know, even more for me, even more than Kevin Bacon is, is Fred Ward. Fred Ward. Oh, got, he's, he's, amazing. he's so, so wonderful in this movie. Um, I, I mm-hmm. he's, he's the, he's the, he's the one of the two of them that I personally would probably get along with really well. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably think right. that, uh, that Val was a little bit of an asshole and would, yeah, would probably just sort of no, <laughs> <not. Don't laughs> a little even. bit. Come on.
1: Don't talk about that oh, like that.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> but he he's, he's, has, he has. He's, but
1: yeah. Val, Earl is, is older. Yeah. He's more about like planning, yeah. I, something that they talk about.
0: In the Val's movie. a little bit more of a bro.
1: We plan ahead. That way we don't do anything right. right now. Earl, explain it there to you me. There you go. There you go.
0: That's right. That's right. So, you know, for me, Val's a little bit more of a bro, you know, and and that's, which is fine, you know, and and, and that, and again, okay. that's like you said, he's a, little, he's a little younger. He's a little bit um, more in that phase of life, I think.
1: They're still both, like, genuinely – Good they guys. Are.
0: They but, are, and and you know, I, I and like as what I'm trying to say is, if I was, I, I was just that, just a little bit more drawn to Earl's character, just as someone who just seems to have it a little bit more planned, a little bit more together. Um, yeah, so I really, I really like that um, that element. Uh, their whole setting them up as being this sort of doing these odd jobs, being handyman um i love i love the part where he's they're putting up the barbed wire on the fence and he like he's, he's hammering on either side of the tack for like five things and he finally hits it once all right <laughs> I don't know. It's, it was one of those things i didn't even notice it the first time but this last time i watched it this morning i went that's really funny you know um it's right? these weird again, I mean, I've, I've brought this up a lot in a lot of our episodes, just the weird details that, that make movies really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of them.
1: The more you watch this, the more you'll see like that, oh, yeah. though. This movie has so many great, like, subtly funny lines, like, even lines, like, I had, I had to watch it like with the subtitles on, like, recently because I was like, okay, what am I, my what can I pick up on that I haven't heard before? Because I've done that before with mm-hmm. movies that I've seen a million times and, and heard different things, and, like, you can hear actors you know saying stuff in the background so yeah this is definitely one of those that's got a lot of really intricate details again it's like so smartly written and not just in the comedy and the character development but also um in the plot the way the the way it moves like this is a movie it basically takes place over like i think two days or so yeah i think so something like that there's like one night no two nights I believe there are two. There's two night yeah.
0: scenes.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's so smart the way they can, they can keep the plot going. They never keep the characters in one place for too long, you know? And it goes back to the characters too, about how they're all working together. Yeah. To, um, to stop the, the Graboids. We haven't mentioned the Graboids yet, by the way. There's big giant underground worms in this movie called Graboids. As named Walter, by Walter Chang. Chang. If you've never seen movies, Victor Wong. Hello, I
0: love him in this, and uh, I love how everyone has sort of a hustle, you know, because um, he's like <laughs> when they okay, so um, they they tear off one of the tongues, as it turns out, of, a, of one of these graboids.
1: Next time I tell you, I'm not hung up. Right,
0: I'm not hung <laughs> up, and they actually it gets wrapped around their axle. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna be like quoting. Like, That's okay. Know what I'm talking about. That's okay. <laughs> you know, and they they they, uh, they say okay. Um, so I uh, so I'll uh, I'll buy it from you for for ten bucks, twenty. It's like fifteen. Okay, ten. Okay, fifteen. You know, and then and then they <laughs> then he's pictures with it for you know three bucks a pop, for and there and, yeah. and then you know Earl and Val. Man, 15 lousy bucks. <laughs> um, and, but the thing is, how many people in a town with a population of 14 are going to get pictures with this thing?
1: And they keep getting killed I by know.
0: the Gravoids. Um, yeah, so again, we just sort of see a lot of, at the beginning, just see a lot of the effects of the Gravoids. We see, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the sheep slaughtered uh, and guy out in his field sort of sucked into the ground. The construction, the construction worker, and... Uh, yeah, and also the the person who climbed up the tower,
1: Edgar. Yeah, uh, Edgar.
0: Uh, so that he is uh, presumably to get away from one of these things, um, and he mm-hmm. and he gets and he dies of dehydration from being up in this tower. So, but uh, one of the things I, I notice about this, and the more I watch it as well, is you know even characters that are in this movie for just a brief amount of time. Get moments I you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna know the character names as well as you um, But yeah, oh, yeah so the couple that are building their house Jim yeah, and Yeah, Jim Megan. and Megan. I love that scene. It's so <laughs> sweet. You know, it's like where they're right. just saying You know, hey, maybe if we don't build the roof, we can see the stars every night, you know And it's just just sort of this mm-hmm. funny thing and then um, and then the Graboids come after them, um, and that sequence <laughs> where she's in the car that is genuinely scary and it's really well, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, well, not scary. I
1: can't remember. What's, what's maybe maybe, scary maybe now. not
0: scary. <laughs> it's, it's constructed with great suspense because the way, you know, it pulls back. There's the song on the radio and, and the camera angle is like just right. Cause it's pulled back just a little bit. And you're like, is something going to like grab out of the middle? Is something going to jump up through the bottom? Is, you know what, what is gonna And then, then it ends up sort of pulling it backwards into the earth. its is really cool. Mm-hmm. And the headlights just flipping up in the air. It almost like the Titanic sinking, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really, uh, really sort of cleverly done. It's funny, but it's, there's real peril involved. Um,
1: and they still don't know exactly. It's hard for me to watch this now. And, like talk about it. with someone who's just seeing it for the first time. I've seen it so much. But, like, you still don't really know at this point just what what it is. Right. they just, They've only seen that one little snake thing.
0: Right. You don't realize that and that like, is. And, how could,
1: like, how could those do that to a right. car?
0: <laughs> then we find out that, that in fact, mm. each one of these graboids is quite large. I don't know how, what you would say, 20, 25 feet long, maybe 30. 25
1: feet, Yeah, probably. 25 feet yeah. long.
0: And the, each one of these, this, these snake things are just one of its, like, tongues that sticks out. It's it's almost like uh, you know an alien the the, the the mouth that comes out of the alien you know except it's it's uh, snaky it's flexible and there are three of them you know that come out of it and so what we you finally see the graboid um, kind of more of the graboid than I earlier than I expected to be honest I, I thought it was gonna gonna be a little bit longer um, but that's kind of a nice unexpected moment where where the thing just. Yeah. Nope, there's just one, and it comes up out of the ground. <laughs> <and it's,
1: laughs> Must be a million yeah. of them. Nope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just one. And 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 again, you know, it, this made me think about Godzilla a little bit because it looks like some of the things might be miniature effects and stuff like that. When like the fence point, the fence posts uh, falling over and stuff like that. And
1: I think that was just an effect. yeah. yeah.
0: So I mean, just really. Yeah, there's a lot of practical yeah, stuff in this, and it looks
1: yeah, awesome. I love the look of the graboids so much. Yeah, and it's
0: really it's really cool looking, um, you know, and, and how each one of the mouths has its own sort of mouth thing on it, too. It's, uh, it's cool. And, and, you know, I love the part where they go to jump over the sort of the canal thing. <laughs> the cement canal yeah. they jump over but they miss <laughs> and and they think they think that they're, they're trying to climb out and
1: we can make it we can yeah, make it
0: and they miss and and, and, the, and the graboid is is going after him and it runs into the side and you kind of see how fragile these creatures are you know that they're they're killable so that's that's good to know early on and you kind of get a chance to see how they work you get to see the uh that they have the three times. Yes,
1: because another another character yes. we haven't mentioned yeah. yet. Well, we s-
0: sort uh, of peripherally mentioned her. But, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> is a Rhonda LeBeck. Mm-hmm. She is a grad student who's studying the seismological activity in the area. So she's got her little seismographs all over the place, and she's, she's kind of hinted at something is coming, you know, before when they first meet her, that, you know... She's getting a lot of activity on yeah. her on her seismographs, and so she, sh- yeah, she shows up at this scene when they first they kill the first graboid, and she's kind of the she's the one kind of expert yeah. in the movie who also doesn't really know what's going
0: on, which I kind of like yeah. too. She has she's she's that really movie is that there's no she's able to make a there's hypothesis. no like one leader yeah that's true yeah that's true very much true.
1: There's no like one leader of this movie. Even the smartest person in the in the group doesn't really know what's going yeah. on because they've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. So it's just it's another way that the whole group by the end of the movie works together. Everybody has an idea. Everybody it's not just like one person saying we're going to do this and you're going to listen to me. Everyone
0: has a strength,
1: which I thought was really smart. You don't see that a lot in these kind of movies. Yeah,
0: everyone has a strength and uh, can contribute mm-hmm. something.
1: And they all do. Mm-hmm. Everybody comes up with some some idea throughout the movie that ends up being a really good idea. I mean, none of them ever like work perfectly. They just have to keep thinking of of new things, you know, as they learn more about the Greboys and and what they do. But yeah, everybody is is important in this, and I just kind of love that, you know. And when you have a, an ensemble like this, you really want to like everybody, and you want everybody. Mm-hmm. To live, and that's exactly what this movie gives me, and I
0: love it. Yeah, and you know when they when they meet Rhonda out there, and and the the sort of escape that they do is really cool. I mean, they, the the pole vaulting on the rocks. Do you know how to pole vault? Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> just like that's, that, that's just stay on those residual. Yeah, waters. exactly. The, and then she runs, and I, I love the <laughs> escape with the truck is brilliant. Where she has to, her feet are still hanging out the back window. <laughs> and she's driving with her with her hands on the pedals and has, you know, a little help, guys. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really clever. And I've never seen anything like that before. And I thought that was, um, yeah. I thought it was, it's funny and it's got a great action element to it. Mm-hmm. And the music, <laughs> the music is sort of like, uh, has yes. sort of this.
1: The music is so like cheery. It has yeah. sort of a
0: getaway music quality to it that i that i think is really fun it's sort of it's it's a countryfied kind of soundtrack um well and of course one of the stars of the movie being Reba mcintyre
1: Reba mcintyre
0: does help and i tell you what i think that bert and heather are so funny they're um
1: (laughs) please please tell me your reaction to Bert gummer because he is (laughs) the friggin star of the series He he is Amazing. Well, he's
0: one of those characters that could be a, a, a broad caricature because I mean, he's one, they're survivalists. They're survivalists, couple. you know. Nobody. I mean, knows. I hate yeah. to even put it this way. You know, they 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 could be. Uh, I almost hate to say it, but they could come across as like a like a mega couple, you know. <laughs> right. And and uh, I don't. Not, not right. they they they. But they're but they're likable people. They're not. They're not. Um, oh they're yeah. Not, And, you know, but they're, 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 all the characters in this movie are kind of broad at first. You know, you see sort of the big strokes of what they're like. um, But then you get to know them a little bit more intimately. And as you do, um, you see, oh, there's, there's more to look for with, you know, anybody, really. I mean, there's more beneath the surface than, than you first see. It's just the nature of humans, uh, for the most part. And so, um, you know, because they're they're kind of thought of as the crazy survivalists, right? You know, he's talking about, hey, yeah, the reason why we moved out here, you know, the, the isolation, geographic, geographic isolation. isolation, you know, and he's so matter-of-fact about it. You know, <laughs> we're surrounded by all of this, <laughs> these mountains and these sorts of things. And I think, you know, and, and, <laughs> and I love that, you know, Heather is just as much of a gun nut as he is.
1: Damn. Armored transport. Bert, Heather! Let's on, go there. Bert, Heather! Come on, let's go, you two. We're headed for the mountain. If that's how we're
0: doing it, we're going prepared. We can't hold still
1: long. These things are damn smart. They're getting smarter by the minute. That's fine. We got some new things to teach them. Every time we stop, come on, man. Jesus Christ, we're only going nine miles. Yeah, all well, things are gonna be on our ass every foot of the way, right? right. in right What do you think? Max firepower of oh, this!
0: Oh, I go for yeah. penetration, the 458, shooting solids. Less ammo to carry. Come on, Bert, move it! Watch these ammo boxes! Come on, Bird! <laughs> you know, and it's right. like you're not gonna they get so far perfect. with that thirty thirty. Here, use mine. <laughs> you know, it's
1: like Master fifty seven Yeah, she's got this, yeah, got this massive gun
0: with the scope on it, and you know, and I, that scene where they're in their sort of bunker <laughs> and the graboids come after it, and they're just grabbing guns off the wall.
1: <laughs> how is that not? That's gotta be the best shot of the movie when they were like, you see them just standing there with the guns, and then the camera pulls back. And the wall is like covered, covered with, guns. with guns. I <laughs> still love that shot so much. I think that's so funny oh. and like so perfect for that.
0: Yeah, and you know, breaking the glass for the elephant gun. He has an elephant gun. Um,
1: <laughs> he has an elephant gun. Yeah, yeah because he
0: does. <laughs> why not? I mean,
1: or later on when they're they making the bombs and stuff. Like, hey, what kind
0: of fuse is that? Bomb. Cannon
1: fuse. Well, what the hell do you use it for? My cannon. My
0: cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that one down. That was, like of course that was, what's, like he's
1: like, of course I have a cannon. What's like, so weird? I
0: I what's so weird is okay, I didn't even that that line didn't even dawn on me until this like third viewing this morning. <laughs> and so and when I when I heard it I just Damn Bert, what's in those things? A few
1: household chemicals in the proper proportions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and the thing <laughs> That's and the thing is that the fact that Bert is such a funny and compelling and, you know, he reminds me a little bit of, you know, it sort of turned into someone like Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec, you know, sort of this lovable curmudgeon, uh, who is, wants yeah. to be totally off the grid, wants to be, you know, uh, it's my guns. It's my, it's my, uh, my woodworking, <laughs> and you know, obviously that's Ron Swanson, not, not Bert, but, um, it's that that character you want to, and it, it's what compels me to want to see the other movies in the in the series is is the fact that that Michael Gross is in them playing this character. And Michael Gross, I grew yeah. up with Michael Gross on Family Ties, which is you know just the polar opposite of of this character. I mean, he's sort of he's a on Family Ties he's an ex hippie, he's he's uh, you know super chill, you know he's very very liberal, you know that that kind of character, um, and in this he's he's sort of he's just the opposite of that. He's sort of the hard-boiled survivalist. Uh, you imagine he's probably you know kind of kind of a right-wing kind of guy, you know, gun nut, all these sorts of things. But he's not not in a not in a way that is unlikable though, um, and I and I really uh, I, re- I really find his character.
1: It's just his fellow to part. be
0: funny yeah and and he's he's yeah. it's it's uh yeah and so I'm really excited to to watch and
1: again murders. he would be like that kind of character who would be like look I've, I've got the guns I've got the bombs I'm in charge mm-hmm. like we're gonna I'm gonna take over this
0: operation no but he, he doesn't. doesn't
1: do that he asks them like what do you want us to do like we're here to help you guys
0: well and then the whole and, thing you know like the, like their their truck your truck is the last truck that we have to get out of here so he's like, all right.
1: And you know, then he's
0: just, he just agrees Hendrick. with it. And, you know, yeah. he comes exactly. back, he sees that they're on the roof and, well, both of them do obviously. And uh, cause you know, I can't, I can't uh, discount um, Heather in all this. Cause I think she, she and, and Bert, they're kind of like the perfect couple for each other in this movie. And they're there's not, and Reba McIntyre, this was her first movie and she's damn good in this movie. She you is. know, and, uh, I had that song, you know, from the end of the movie suck in my head. You know, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> I don't even know the words at all, but I just, I just keep on. The the song has just been an absolute earworm in my head. But uh, she's really good in this, and I, I, think that I really enjoy her, and I enjoy the relationship that the two have. You know, they really do play off each other, and they they need each other uh, just as much as as uh, say Val and Earl do. You know, there's right. there's that kind of thing happening there.
1: Well, since you love Burt so much, I definitely recommend the the rest of the movies. Yeah, he just gets better and better. Yeah, I, I almost love the second one as much as I do the first one. I've watched the second one probably just as many yeah. times. He is even more hilarious, gun nutty. Oh, that is it okay? You're
0: you're gonna you're gonna. Yeah, love I it. haven't <laughs> even looked at anything with the sequel, with Aftershocks, to see, you know, who besides Michael Gross is in it from the first movie, etc. I don't know. Um, I saw it was a different director. Fred Ward is back, too. Fred Ward's back.
1: And then Tremors 3 is, uh, Tremors 3, back, it's Go Back to Perfection. Oh, okay. And that has a lot of the original cast is back, too. Um, Mindy and Nancy come back okay. in that one. Melvin comes back in that one. Yeah,
0: and, and Bert. So that's a good All one. All right, I, I'm definitely going to continue. I
1: love the first three. I definitely recommend at least the first. three. Yeah, part.
0: and you know, a nice, you a nice, a nice trilogy is good. You know, I'm good yes. with I'm good with a nice, nice, comfortable trilogy. And then if I if I feel uh, compelled to go on from there, I, I, I definitely would be able to for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I we're. we're <laughs> And again, you know, this movie so much of it is is character based. It's it, the plot structure is wonderful, but it's almost like it's there to
1: it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it just kind of like it's there to
0: support. They go from place to place. They
1: new things come up. They have to fight the graboids. Yeah, but it's really about these people that you want to see survive. And I mean, I love all the action in this. It's, I think it's mm-hmm. it's so good. They are just like so many great. Little moments with the Graboids, like, um, when they're, uh, they're running along the store yeah, and the, the, the wood, I, you can see the wood kind of rolling out See, up. I
0: remember that from the trailer. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that tra- that in the trailer, no, really? you know, it was one of those shots that you just kind of go, whoa, yeah, um, I, that, that looks cool. Um, again, I, I don't know why, uh, this, this, uh, didn't get seen at the time, um, but whatever, you know, it happened. So now I'm I'm here and I'm seeing it for the first time, and I got shamed by Cinema Shame uh, for <laughs> on Twitter. For, for... I did too. For okay. <laughs> that's right. We both we both we both got it this week, um, but. It was...
1: He's one of our friends. So yeah,
0: it was fun. It was, it was really funny. When I, at first I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? And then I, then I sort of... I was like, what the hell, then I, sort of I to who like, it was. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, but <laughs> I love some of the things um, that I have picked up on. I just
1: kinda, yeah, I just kind of want to hear what
0: you love. Okay, I love the graboid vision. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so it's sort of the graboid POV shot, you know? Uh, And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like Sam Raimi, and early uh, early Cohen brothers. You know where they would where they would take a two by four, put the camera uh, on a two by four, and and have ropes on either end and just run, you know. And that's how they got some of those kinds of shots. It looks like that, and it's uh, got a great energy to it because one of my things is. So often the monster gets shown too much in movies, in monster movies. And that's not the case here. And when it is shown, it's 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 shown a, a more than it is in some, but it's never too much. And I think that showing the monster's point of view thing um, is sort of an effective way to do that well.
1: And, I mean, you can't even really show that much of the no. monster, technically, because most of it's underground. That's right. Most of the time. So that's... So it's kind of a, a good choice that they they made it be that kind of monster. But I do love that shot at the end. The last one dies. Yeah, where <laughs> you can finally see like its whole yeah, body when it it flies
0: like, out the edge of the so cliff. Cool. Which I mean, like I said, just <laughs> brings us back to the beginning. That the first scene, you know, that you see the edge of the cliff, you see, you hear the whole thing about the stampede, and that's what gave him the idea. Let's let's lead him off the lead this thing off to the edge of the cliff, and. There it goes, it flies out and just sort of splatters when it and the thing is, you know, what's funny is so often the monsters are so tough, so hard to kill. The graboids seem to know that they have that they're squishy and, and can be harmed <laughs> yes, harmed fairly easily. I mean, seriously, that first one, you know, it, it dies running into a concrete barrier. It's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, then the last one flying out the end. Um, and they're they're much more fragile than a lot of these monsters are in, in movies like this. That's true. And what I love is that towards the end of the movie you start to see that they're smart. They are so they're very smart. they dug a trap for for their for their tractor.
1: Now, even before yeah. that when they're but that's just how it's so smart with the way that the, the plot moves and how it keeps the characters moving yeah. as you kind of learn more about them. Like, OK, they first find the little snake on their truck and they get on the horses. The grab boys attack the horses right. and they're like, OK, it's under the ground. Mm-hmm. They meet up with Rhonda and they go back and they're like, OK, so we kind of figure out that they're they're underground and they can hear us. So we can't make noise. Right. So we just got to be inside and we breathe quiet. But nope, they come up through the floor. So now we got to go on the roof. Uh, but then they figure out that we're up there. And they were like, "Test the grabways are like testing out the buildings and bringing uh-huh. the buildings down. And it's just like, that's, I thought that was such a smart way to do that instead of just, I, I don't know what else they would do. Right. You know, like, it's just, it keeps it exciting and it keeps it interesting and it keeps it developing and developing mm-hmm. the the characters and the graboids too. Yeah, I mean how smart they
0: are. And, and
1: <laughs> Even though they're like monsters. They come up
0: with this great plan, you know, they're gonna throw one of these pipe bombs out into the thing and sort of like go do fishing. fishing. Yeah. And what does it do?
1: It throws it
0: back. You yeah. know, I
1: thought After the first one is mm-hmm. after the first one is blown yeah. up, the second one's like what? No. It's <laughs> just how
0: quickly it learns, uh, or they learn they're a sort of cooperative species, it seems like. So they're able to um, to work this out, um, so it's almost like maybe this is weird. It's almost like you have these two families, sort of fighting each other, but you you're you're stuck with <laughs> the humans and the yeah graboids. you're stuck with the humans because you can understand them, or the graboids are probably <laughs> out there going, meh, 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 meh. you know that's my wait 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 a minute don't go there they're that's a trick. They're testing Exactly. <laughs> so you've got this 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 sort of you know, it's almost like the hills have eyes, you know, where you've got the parallel families, you know, doing doing their things out, uh, you know. So but obviously you're not gonna get the graboid point of view uh, in the story. Hey, that that's an idea for a movie. That's an idea we, we a remake of Tremors. Right. A remake of tremors from the Graboids point of view. <laughs> where where it's like it's like subtitled so you can understand. Okay, that's, that's that's something that I need to see happen, okay? Um,
1: they don't have any eyes, though. They can't see. That's
0: true. They don't.
1: They can only sense vibrations. Yeah,
0: and uh, so they're kind of like bats in that way. Um, but the yeah. um, I think it's a really clever monster, too, um, mm-hmm. that is sort of uh, this drawing from sort of these different sort of cool things, you know, aliens. Worms and sand worms you know you know like in, in dune or, or, right. or beetlejuice you know, ah, it's really cool and um, they, they make sense they make a little bit of sense scientifically because yeah. they have right. those little like uh, claw things on their outside of their bodies that make help them move fast um, And it, it, you can tell it was thought through that this isn't just exactly yeah this isn't just right? hey let's let's throw together like, a monster it really makes like all the
1: people that die as you see you know at the beginning of the movie like all the people that die are all doing something that's gonna attract the Mm graboids the construction workers are using the the jackhammer the the doctor and his wife there's a generator Uh in the ground that's like making noise the the guy with the the backhoe is like making vibrations in the ground I don't know what Edgar was doing. I wanna know what Edgar Deems was doing to make him run right. up that pole and sit there and die.
0: <laughs> but well, and then, and then but the, yeah, like, is, the
1: yeah, it's really well yeah. thought out. Like they know the the history of these made up monsters like so well yeah. that they can even go into the sequels and make them mm-hmm. evolve, as you'll see when you right, watch them right. <laughs> when we get to the shriekers and the Is, ass is that the ones like it wasn't wasn't the
0: <laughs> wasn't the tagline for one of them uh, evolution is a bitch or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> Evolution, it's a bitch. I, I, I remember all the previews. I remember all the trailers, but I don't. I had never seen the movie. I don't know. I don't know. What Why that is for. that? I don't know. Um, but I,
1: I... and tremors two, they 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 become streakers, and then in three you see the ass blasters. <laughs> you give me the best face right now. You're gonna love the ass blasters. Oh man,
0: the streakers are awesome too. Okay. Okay so I, I, I know what, I know what I'm gonna watch in the morning okay So I, yes. I get up I get up early because I am an insomniac and I, and, I, and I work out at the gym then I have like a, a good hour and a half two hours before I have to go to work. so I watch perfect. I watch a, I watch watch a movie so I can could, I could watch Tremors 2 tomorrow morning. Yeah that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, like you're saying, like yeah, it's really smart. It's really well thought out. The whole movie is really well thought out. It all comes together in a very cohesive, like satisfying way. Like yes, there's some, some casualties along mm-hmm. the way.
0: Poor uh, Walter Chang. Oh gosh, it's like and a you know. Favorite. You know, I have to say oh. that scene. It's I, I feel like I keep coming back to Spielberg with with both of these movies, but it seems like you know it looks very much like it, it Joss, looks a lot it? like the Quint death. <laughs> You know where where he's yes, sort of yes. <laughs> sort of being dragged down into the into the ground uh, out the end of the boat uh, in, in in Jaws, uh, but it, it looks a lot like that. It's it's really,
1: but yeah, like like I said, it's like so much of that was cut out of the TV version that like when I watch it now, it's like oh, I'm so glad I didn't see this when yeah. I was a kid because like I love Walter Chang and you don't want to see this happen to him. But, yeah, it was very quick death in the TV version. Oh, Okay, You know what's actually funny is that there's a. Um, on on this new Arrow Blu-ray mm-hmm. special collector's edition, which if you love this movie, y'all have to get because it's fucking awesome. Um, there's actually a feature. I was so happy to see this. I couldn't believe it. There's a feature on the Blu-ray that it's like, um, this is this is the theatrical version. This is the TV dubbed version.
0: Oh,
1: you know they love certain scenes. <laughs> you know and they. It was hilarious because I remembered every single one of them every time. Like, you know, curse was changed to like "screw you" yeah.
0: instead of "fuck yeah. you" when he's yelling at the grabber. Well, I was
1: like, I totally and, remember and to, that. And
0: to realize, you know, even even in nineteen ninety, for them to drop an f bomb, um, in in a PG thirteen <laughs> yeah. movie, it was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, so <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's uh it's something you know because I, I okay so so the there's this theater downtown in my town. It it doesn't, unfortunately it doesn't exist anymore, but they would have shown this movie. I I know they would have shown this movie. Um, but the one thing, the one word they, they never showed R rated. They only showed, and it took them a while to even show PG 13, but the one word that they would not allow in their movies was, was fuck. You couldn't say any F words. So the soundtrack would just go silent for, for for the for the duration of the, they would just turn the volume off for the duration of of, of any f bombs because they were like run by projectionists up there and everything it was it was, uh, it was kind of a great old school theater I saw so many awesome movies though wow. well I'll have to talk about that more in depth another time but I can just imagine them showing this movie and that like <laughs> just being. You, <laughs> you, because <know? You. laughs> <laughs> he just says it forever, and it's hilarious. Um, um,
1: it was screw you, and yeah, version.
0: but but his mouth was <laughs> was not. Uh,
1: I was like, even as a kid, I was like, I, I don't think, think he's really he's saying, saying that. that.
0: Yeah, because
1: I think he's saying something else.
0: Well, he kind of says it in close <laughs> up, right? Um, but yeah, this movie was a blast, and uh, you know. A new, a new favorite. You know, one of those movies. Do you it,
1: understand my love? for I do. I you think
0: know. I loved this as much as you love Godzilla. You know, it's sort of that sort of thing where, where it's, where it's like, I'm glad I finally got to this movie, and and you know, it's sort of a "Where have you been all my life?" kind of movie, uh, because this this sort of thing is. I mean, I love horror comedy when it's done when it's done well. I mean, there's some that I, uh, I just think that doesn't work for me but this one works really well i think arachnophobia works yeah arachnophobia is great i love ghostbusters i love evil Dead 2 you know those kinds of movies really you know just they they check all the right boxes for me so this was just one of those perfect uh films uh for for me to watch um
1: I really honestly think that it's a perfect film. I don't think that, I don't, I watch it now and I don't see a single misstep anywhere. No. Like in the, the plots or the, the character developments. Like it's, yeah, it is that perfect blend of horror and comedy. It feels like some people I've read reviews, like from, from back then, it's like, it doesn't really know what it wants to be. It's like, it's not, it's not funny enough. It's not scary enough. And I don't know, like for me, it just works. It feels like this really perfect I, I wouldn't
0: call this movie of
1: like action yeah it,
0: action it's more of an it's more of an action comedy than a horror comedy action. I mean yes it's monsters so it's technically horror but yeah. but I guess I I, I I want it to be horror yeah it's horror. A, I mean I call it I would call it horror too but it's probably yeah. more of a comedy horror than a horror comedy you know what I mean um, so because it's it's uh it really is that kind of movie it's just a it's a fun adventure movie because you know personally like mm-hmm. like arachnophobia i i genuinely get scared of that movie because i hate spiders and oh yeah and, and, and i, and, I, I that. yeah I and <laughs> there, there are things with that movie that i mean of all the movies I, I mean doesn't i've seen some pretty intense stuff i mean of all the horror films i've seen but nothing, nothing... is
1: worse
0: than the the, spy- the shower yeah. scene in for, for, for me it's it's arachnophobia is the one that bothers me the most of any of them and it's this PG-13 mm-hmm. uh, more or less comedy, right? Um, and this movie does, doesn't scare me the way that one does, but it, um, it makes me laugh probably more than that yeah. one does. It's just fun, and uh, it's got great thrills, great action. It has sort of a, a Western feel to it. The mm-hmm. characters are so beautifully created. The structure is impeccable. It, there's really not anything to me. There's nothing not to like about this movie. To be honest, exactly. I, I think it really is. Uh, I mean, I I didn't give it a give it a ten out of ten kind of rating, but but I I know I'm so bad, but but <laughs> I I really loved it. I really genuinely loved the movie, and um and so glad that it's in my life now. Right. Um, yeah,
1: you need to watch it more and more,
0: and I. I and will.
1: then we'll we'll talk about it again, and then you'll under you know, we can say all the lines like <laughs> we did for Edward and Shadow the Vampire because there's a lot more. Yeah, there's there's so much. You just learn as you watch it. It's just, and it's not it's not nostalgia for me at all. Like this is genuinely a great movie yeah. to me. And I'm just, I'm so happy that sh- that's yeah it. I think
0: it good I would agree uh, with that you know it's not just it's not good just because it's nostalgic and there there yeah. there's I think I think maybe maybe some of that personal you know that growing up watching it over and over and over again is gonna is gonna have it give even sort of a deeper personal meaning to you but it's a genuinely yes, right. good movie great, even great movie that's beyond just oh i have fond memories of it um yeah exactly yeah. and you know
1: that's why i was really happy to find that out like as i kept watching it like as i got older and you know going back to like oh yeah i used to watch like Trimmers like all the time and then, like watching it like actually like maybe looking more deeply into right. films i was like no this is actually like really smartly done yeah and there's no re- there's no wonder i i loved it as a kid because yeah. it's it just, it gets you, it's like, it's like good, clean fun yeah. too. You know, like being PG-13, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a monster movie with great funny characters, great action. And yeah, it just, it, it puts me in such a good mood. I'm always so happy. Like when I watched there's, there's... <laughs> for some reason, it's just, it's a joy to me all the way through. It always, always has been, yeah. always will. And be there's
0: me. nothing about this movie that is not sort of exuberant and joyous and fun. And, right. and and interesting, and yeah, just just a just a great time at the movies, you know.
1: Well, yay! I'm glad you loved it. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I'm glad we both loved each other's movies. That's always, always awesome, like you said. That's great when that happens, and it's and we've been lucky we've with had, that so far. They had pretty
1: good luck. Yeah, yeah. we
0: because because I I mean that. the the one I was really crossing my fingers for was Superman way back when because um, I was like, <laughs> oh man, she doesn't like this. I've I've lost her for good. Um, but, uh, so yeah, yeah. so Superman's awesome. Tremors Tremors is awesome. awesome, And shadow of the vampire needs a blu ray. (laughs) Okay. Anything Anything else else that we need to throw in there? Pardon my French. Pardon Um, my French. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I missed, I forgot about the pardon my French to mention the pardon my French line. (laughs) That's, uh, the great recurring line. My favorite quote
1: from Tremors though, is, um, Walter Chang, when they're getting ready to, to, to go to Bixby, uh, ride the horses earl here's some swiss cheese and some bullets (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite line
0: (laughs) that's a good one what is that (laughs) that's a good one i love it
1: (laughs) that's what tremors means to me (laughs) earl here's some swiss cheese and some bullets (laughs) like i don't know why that goes together but it does and it's perfect i love it
0: (laughs) that is perfect okay so um Wrapping up, I guess. Um, so we're moving on to... Do we want to get a, give a couple of recommendations next?
1: Um, yeah, I have just, like, one quick one. I haven't really been doing or watching anything in particular. Um, one movie that I just really, really loved that um, I think you should see, too, because I think you would dig this, as Split Second from uh, 1992, starring Ricker Hauer. Um, kind of talked about this before, and I told you what it was. It's like a, this... He's a cop in futuristic London. It's The city is flooded. And he's one of those... He's like that cop that, you know, he likes to work alone. Okay. He's very, like, gruff. You know, he's one of those kind of cops. And he has... His partner was um, killed by uh, what they think is um, a serial killer in the city that has come back. But as you go on, you find out that it might not to be human, actually. Wow. So it's fun, like kinda Yeah. That? <laughs> this has another great line too, like uh, uh talking about uh, Rucker Howard's character is like uh now he lives on um anxiety uh what was it he lives on anxiety, coffee and chocolate. And I was like, oh my God, same. Nice. Wow. <laughs> that's what uh, kim cattrall is in it with black hair she's really cute and fun and it's just got it's it's so much fun like all the way through it's just like one of those it's so funny rucker howard i i love his face (laughs) i love his voice and he is like so cute to me but he's also like known for being like kind of tough you know in most of his roles he is was really funny in this movie like that subtle kind of funny just like with the kind of character that he plays and yeah really good special effects it's like it's gory it's actiony it's fun all the way through like go check it out for just like a good evening watch it's on
0: prime oh great that sounds like a lot of fun i i will uh i'll it be is. sure to check that one out. I'm, I'm gonna add it here to my i wrote it down to add to my to my watch list my ever growing watch list
1: ever-growing yeah
0: <laughs> okay so um i had the fortune of having a great movie weekend okay so um including watching tremors for the first time i uh also uh re the 1976 king kong which is not great but it is still i kind of love it <laughs> okay Got to say it. Yeah. But, okay. uh, say but it. Sunday, say on it. Sunday, I, I had I had a four-for-four four day. Every single movie I watched on Sunday morning was, or Sunday throughout the day, was really good. Uh, ended it with uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is just a nice little movie. I got to say, um, it made me cry when they were on the subway and they all sang It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood to Mr. Rogers. It, it made me cry. I thought that was really beautiful. Oh, yeah. I missed that kind of kindness in the world um i watched attack the block which is super rad really good can't wait to watch it again that rad i fuck. watched I love that messiah movie. of evil which is interesting i need to watch it again to kind of get what it's what's going on but the best movie i watched except for except for one movie it's the best movie i watched all year so far i know it's only the beginning of i know it's Merely the beginning of February, but as we record this. But um, the movie Synchronic absolutely floored me. I thought it was...
1: I almost watched this the other day.
0: I thought it was incredible. Uh, Aaron Moorhead, Justin Benson, as far as I'm concerned, are four for four. Every single one of their features, I think, is fantastic. And I think Synchronic may be their best. And it's, um, it's, like most of their movies, it's got sort of these big uh, science fiction kinds of ideas. Uh, this one deals with time travel and it deals with you know like uh, quantum physics and you know these big things, you know, but what makes it great is it just deals with it has real emotional resonance to it. and you're encountering real relatable issues in the framework of this expansive big idea. And that's kind of how their all their movies work, you know? Oh, I just I was so moved, I I my mind was blown a little bit. It was everything I, I wanted in a movie lately was in was in synchronic. I, I just absolutely loved it. And I'm probably overhyping it to be honest with you, but because I, I, no. I posted on Facebook how much I loved it and then I had, you know, some guy say, Oh, I thought it was terrible. You know, and I'm like, well, okay, well, then you can just move on and you don't have to comment about how, how much yes. you didn't like it. Okay, okay. you know? Don't, uh, anyway, don't be Anyway, that, that kind of thing is, has been driving me nuts a little bit lately. So.
1: Yeah, I still have to watch um, – I was just looking it up because I couldn't remember. I still got to watch The Endless. Oh, too. I love
0: The Endless. I, I actually, oh, um, after watching Synchronic, I just went online and I just ordered the rest of their movies. I'd seen them all, but I'm like, I got it. Oh, I love resolution. Resolution yeah. is. I need to see that. Resolution is great. Spring is is incredible. The endless is, mm-hmm. the endless may. I in my opinion, I mean, I know people kind of prefer one or the other. It seems like either endless or resolution. They're sort of related to each other. I thought the end. I thought uh-huh. the endless was was fantastic. I mean, what they can do with what limited budgets they have is pretty remarkable. Oh my god! I I don't. Yeah. I don't know how they pull it off. And I just really discovered them for the first time um, over the past, over in 2020. So, but I just was like, I got to see everything these guys have made because it's so good. All of it. So I am happy to recommend Synchronic, uh, which is available on Blu-ray now. And I think VOD. So you can, you can check it out. Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. What have we got going on for our next episode?
0: Well, we decided that, you know, Okay, so today we are recording the day that our uh, our last, our, our, I should say our first uh, episode of movies on movies came out, and uh, yeah. it was Ed Wood and Shadow of the Vampire, and it kind of kind of think I think it got us both kind of thinking that was fun. Let's do something like that. We want to do that, that, again. that yeah. again. And there are so many great movies about filmmaking. Um, now we're gonna pick. A movie. The first one was movie about the making of a real movie. This is movies about the making of a fake movie. So, what's your pick?
1: Um, I was gonna go for something completely different, which might still come up if we keep going with this topic. So I'm not gonna mention it just yet. I bought the
0: disc, so you better.
1: (laughs) You know what it. You know what it is, but I'm not gonna mention it to the audience. Okay, Brian. Hush. I was totally gonna go for that, and then. Yeah, like we were someone we were talking online on Twitter with um, some people about uh, this episode that just came out of Shadow of the Empire of Ed Wood, and somebody mentioned One Cut of the Dead, and I was like, Oh hell yeah! Yes, I can't believe I didn't even think of that. We are totally going to talk about One Cut of the Dead from two thousand seventeen. Was that
0: Pat who mentioned me that one? Episode. Was that Pat Brennan? Got to give a pat out. We yeah, got to so. give a shout out to Pat. He's he's been awesome, really supportive. As yes. have. So many people have been. So uh, thank you everyone for, for uh, engaging with yes. us on Twitter. I've found that, you know, I frankly woke up today kind of not in on the right foot. I, 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 I had a, I had a, I had a notification on the Twitter machine. That was just sort of oh, someone being gosh. kind of a, kind of an a-hole. And I'm like, why'd you do that? And so I, uh, so, I was kind way. of on the wrong it started my day off badly and so I uh, I listened to the episode this morning and engaging with people on Twitter on show days on the days the show is released is just really fun uh, people are um, always really kind and and, and, uh, yeah. and great to interact with um, and I'll try and get on there <laughs> on, on our on our Twitter uh, more often than just show days okay Stop stalling, Brian, and tell yeah, us... I got to do that too. I will do that. Yeah, <laughs> stop stalling, Brian, and tell us what your pick is. Oh, my pick, yeah, is seriously one of my favorite comedies, maybe ever. I really love this movie, Bowfinger. Bowfinger yeah. is. Uh, it seemed like the, and frankly, when you said one cut of the dead, Bowfinger is probably the best pairing we could think of for that movie i mean they, they sort of deal in horror and deal in uh in in some of those sorts of things um so here's the thing i have to say if you have not seen one cut of the dead you must see it before listening to this episode oh yeah because we are going to spoil it and it doesn't take you can't talk you about that without can't talk about it. one cut without spoiling it and the thing is, you are owed the pleasure. Also,
1: you just need to see it yeah. because
0: you yeah. are owed the pleasure of watching that movie unspoiled. Treat yourself. Yes, mm-hmm. you you and it's on Shutter. It's on. It's available for rent on Prime and and other places. It's around. Uh, so so definitely make sure make yeah. sure that you watch that. Um, and uh, Bowfinger is also readily available in several streaming services boy this is going to be a fun double again because a lot lots so. of great yeah. humor uh going to be talked in both of these movies and and i'm excited about it i one cut of the dead means the world to me for for a couple of
1: it really does, it does yeah so I, it,
0: it has some particular reasons uh why it's really special to me um and bowfinger has some meaning special meaning to me too. It's actually a movie that w- was introduced to me by my wife, uh which uh, she doesn't get she doesn't really? get to do that as much as the other way around. I I am more of the movie guy than she is. Um but she introduced this movie to me and um yeah. That's awesome. So this is this is a, it's a special one.
1: I've seen it once. I've seen it once a few years ago so it's still kind of fresh in my mind but yeah, I definitely yeah. have to watch it again and remember it. But I do remember really enjoying yeah. it. It's very yeah. funny. So, I'm a, yeah, this is going to be another fun one. Yeah. But also kind of another kind of heartfelt one, I think. because It is. seriously, What Kind of the Dead, first zombie movie to make me cry.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and Bowfinger has its moments, too, where you just kind of, it, uh, it, yes, it's an insane comedy, but it has some elements that are kind of like that extended family thing. We, we always seem to come back yeah. to Um, so I'm, I'm really excited uh, to talk about those next, uh, next time, uh, which we should also mention. Oh yeah. Another, another, another sort of business business announcement. We have decided in order to sustain, uh, being able to do the show, uh, for a while, which we really, really do want to do. We enjoy, uh, very much, um, talking and, and sharing the show with you. But in order to make it sustainable, we really do need to make it a bi-weekly show. We need more time. Yeah, we need more time to watch movies. We need more time. To, uh, I should say not we. Michelle needs more time to edit <laughs> uh, because Michelle is the one who does our amazing editing work. Um, I have nothing to do with it. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so she's doing doing incredible work. I, we... we a bunch of of uh, episodes in the bank, and we're finding we're almost caught up. So if we go every week, yeah,
1: we're getting a little scared. Yeah, so if we go every yeah, week, we we're time. gonna
0: we're gonna we're gonna be um, overextending gonna ourselves up. a little bit. Because um, you know, both of us, are, we're we're not lucky enough to uh, to be just full time at home movie watchers. We actually both have yeah, full time nice. full time jobs. Um, that uh, you know. Uh, both of our jobs are, are pretty uh, pretty taxing right That's now. Stressful sometimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm in I'm a school teacher going into the uh, we have kids coming back into our schools uh, in my particular district, uh, which yeah. is very challenging. That is what it is. But we
1: want the show to be as quality as it can be, and I think this will also give us time to you know prepare better and like come up with. More topics, more ideas. Watch more movies, possibly that could come up later on. And yeah. yeah, we want it to be the best we can be, and we don't want to burn out and yeah. <laughs> and have this feel like homework. You know, we want to still have fun with it, and so that you guys have fun listening to us too.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah, I could not have said it better. Which is why you said it.
1: You always say it better, though. I suck no at what?
0: What? <laughs> That's I, I do not. What? I do not understand that statement. To be honest with you, uh, <laughs> listening to myself, I'm like, oh boy, wow, <laughs> spit it out, Mister Kuiper. Okay, no, all right, I, you're better than me. Uh, I think. We're both um, we're both really uh, enjoying. Doing this, and I think we're we yeah, it's been it's been great uh, starting to engage with more and more people um, online and uh, through the show and getting to know some people. And we thank you so much uh, for continuing to listen. And uh, if you can take a second to rate us, uh, review us on yes, on uh, on iTunes or uh, iTunes, it's so easy to say that. Still, Apple Podcasts. Apple yeah, that's I very guess. helpful. Um, so it. it like you hear on every show that you hear it really does uh, bring uh, some attention and helps get more eyes on us. And if you can also uh, you can follow us on Twitter if you're on Twitter.
1: Yeah. If you want to engage with a uh, Brian's tweets and his questions <laughs> that he does about the movies that we talked about for the week, which I'm going to do better at that. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> yeah if you want to follow us on twitter um you can find me i am at michelle in Agan. and
0: i'm at brian d Kuiper. and you can find the show at uh movie life pod
1: yeah so thank you all for listening hope you enjoyed it and continue to enjoy it um yeah i'm excited for this show to keep going because every episode i'm just like oh i'm excited for the next one i'm excited for the next one i wanted that feeling to keep up and so. and you
0: know i i came into this recording exhausted um from a very long day and um, I just had a wonderful me? time um, and I feel so good uh, now hey, I'm ending the day on such a high note so thank you uh, everyone for allowing us to do this and uh, thank you so much
1: you'll hear us next time You'll see, we'll see you next time is that what you were having uh, problems was with having problems time? <laughs>
0: but you'll hear us next time tune in you'll next time you'll hear us
1: next time <laughs> I gotta come with a better side
0: okay bye now